1: What's happening, weirdos? Wonderful episode with uh, my good friend Cameron Esposito. So funny, so thoughtful, so uh, honest. Really, really great episode. So let's get to it really, really fast. If you love Cameron like I do, you should definitely get her new uh, stand-up album, which is called Same Sex Symbol. It's available at killrockstars.com. Check that out. And if you'd like to support the show, weird.com is always there for you. And if you'd like uh, to uh, support it in another way... <laughs> <laughs> the ad for this episode is Amazon. All you have to do is go to Nerdist.com, go to this podcast, go to this episode, click on the Amazon banner. It'll redirect you to the Amazon site. Shop like you normally would, only it'll uh, help uh, support Katie in her effort to cover every square inch of her house with, uh, with what are they called? Gerber daisies? Gerber? She has a weird thing about Gerber G- Gerber daisies. Gerb—I don't know what it's called. Those daisies, those colorful daisies. She wants to do that like Ivy, because she thinks that's the only thing that will keep uh, Frankenstein away—not Frankenstein's monster, Doctor Frankenstein. She has a really irrational fear of that. So uh, help help donate. Humid uh, Humidweird.com, or shop on Amazon through the website, and that way we can get uh, Katie all those uh, Gerb daisies. To keep uh, Frankenstein away. Here are my tour dates. Just the cities to keep this quick. Uh, We got it right here. Sorry, looking. Helium, uh, Portland, Oregon, Toronto. We're doing a live You Made It Weird in Toronto. Please come out to that. Louisville, Louisville, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Chicago, Chicago, uh, Boston, Bloomington, Washington, D.C. All of those are available on uh, PeteHolmes.com. I heard the Chicago ones aren't uh, up yet, so that's Up Comedy Club. You might want to go to their website. Or email or call the club if you're looking for tickets to Up Comedy Club in Chicago. That's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, enjoy Cameron Esposito. Just a a wonderful conversation, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I do. If you enjoyed half as much as I did, uh, you're going to shit your pants. Enjoy. (laughs) I'm ready.
0: Your mouth
1: ready? I'm ready. Hi, Cameron. What's up, buddy? Sit here. Sit here in this chair. That's great. Um.
2: Awesome, awesome. I I'm probably gonna need. So just FYI, I have a sinus infection, so I'm not oh, no. the big not one. not contagious. Is, are, those but aren't might... contagious, are they? No, all the time. It's like... Take the big one. But I might just need to like blow my nose, and I might sound weird. So I just don't want you to think that I came to infect you. Thank you. <laughs> I did not come to infect you.
1: No, I'm sorry you have one. How do you get that?
2: I think you get it from being in Madison, Wisconsin. And being really allergic to the hotel room, but still smoking weed, mm. and then getting on a plane and then coming home.
1: Which part of that do you think gave you a sense? I much?
2: think the whole thing. It can't be the
1: whole thing. No,
2: yeah. Because it it's, like, be. it's like if you get crap in your face and then it doesn't come out. Yeah. You know? This is a great conversation. Really disgusting.
1: I'm interested.
2: <laughs> well, actually, my face is like isn't swollen. everybody somewhat little... interested
1: People are no, I can't. Maybe a little bit, but I, I know, never like would a... have seen it.
2: Um, yeah, you, you have a thin, I... a thin face, so I'm... if it's swollen,
1: <laughs> you just have regular I've... face.
2: I've... I've Look at my, my face, going like I can see the snot.
1: I can see you it. can see it.
2: Yeah, I can in my own face, like right here. Look. Oh, that's where see that's right where here. it's welling. Oh, it's that is gross, gross. Pete.
0: It's yeah, but gross. people
1: like talking about uh, illness because we're all. We're all betrayed by this thing stuck inside of it. So when you start talking about it, really people seem interested because people are really disinterested in themselves. So I'm like, how did you get it? Was my first question. <laughs> right. Cuz I'm just how like, how do I am avoid I it? I'm
2: not going to get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If
1: right. they're, like well, uh, what's a disease only women can get? You'll never hear it. a period. I'll... <laughs> that's the
2: ultimate. I've like said this many disease times. Disease for only women.
1: I think men get a get a period an emotional time. Okay. I'm not saying you can regulate it as easily as sure. you can, because it's not to do with ovulation or anything, but there's a time, and I've said this many times, so forgive me, uh, people listening, but there, there are Oh, are times... we
2: already recording? No, sorry. This Karen. is sorry. I'm sorry. This is stupid. Cameron! Yeah, I, I just didn't know if my introduction was going to snot in my face. Got it. We're already... Cameron! We're uh, yes. You've never listened to no, this I podcast? Have. I have. I just didn't realize that's how Karen. you are doing. it. Because I hear people I'm say teasing. you're already recording, and then now No, 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 no. I don't
1: know why. You know, I just... I don't know why... Why did I assume you've listened to the podcast? Just because we're chums?
2: I have. I've have listened to the podcast. It doesn't matter. I have listened to it while I hike around sometimes. Ooh. I like to mix it up and hear my own friends' voices while I hike. In, sometimes, I mean, in the hills I've, I've never gotten to this alone. point.
1: I often think like uh, coming out of a coma, I listen to this podcast to relearn myself <laughs> or uh, post apocalyptic future.
2: Absolutely. And I have
1: I have uh, all the archives, and I'm just like, do, do you like, listen to yourself? Here.
2: Do you listen to? This? I've never.
1: I, the only episode I've ever listened to is uh, Emily Gordon, and uh, I listened to it again, and um, Josh Rubin to make me laugh. One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life was his his episode. You
2: know, I listened to. That's not to say
1: there weren't other episodes that were as funny, but for some reason I listened. To that that someone that's the one that like yeah. stuck with you. I was like feeling blue.
2: Yeah, and you, it worked. And you didn't, did you hear? Did you need to hear your own jokes? No,
1: no, no. I didn't make okay. any. Got it. In fact. That's what differentiates it from, like, say, Jenny Slate, which is also funny, but that's also me riffing. But mm. I, can't, I, don't, I don't want to listen to myself riffing because you're reliving it and thinking about what you could have said. and all. That oh, sort of sure. Stuff. Not, not out of regret. I just don't want to hear myself.
2: I was <laughs> I just thinking about that this morning. I was just thinking about um, how awesome stand-up is because the best show of your life is always going to be terrible compared to the next best show that you do.
1: Oh that's interesting. Like
2: how how you keep changing every your... time you get on stage and you're like that's the fucking best. Yeah. I've ever yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I think that's the key to life, to happiness. One of the keys to happiness is to have an inachievable pursuit.
2: I don't know that that's true for everyone. Well... I think that's what makes people do something like stand-up comedy. I think that's like actually a personality trait. Oh. To have an unachievable goal.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying an unachievable goal doesn't have to be your profession, but because a lot of people that have like rather straight jobs like golf, and golf is an okay. unachievable, inachievable, yeah,
2: sure. no, you're right. unachievable golf.
1: pursuit, uh, racquetball,
2: um, <laughs> there's got to be... <laughs> These are the two things I know that nobody can do, golf and racquetball. Well, I, those
1: are, the reason I go to those is because those are things old people can do. You can be old and still play squash. Okay. I'm not saying football might be unachievable, but you can't do it your whole life. You can do stand up your whole sure. life. Sure.
2: So so you think like those sad guys that I always want to avoid that are screaming their heads off for football.
1: You mean dads? Uh
2: not dads. <laughs> Actually people our age. Nothing <laughs> makes me sadder than people our age who are really really into sports. Can I tell you that it's makes tough. me really sad it's too. It's tough to watch. Yeah. I was once I was once watching a a football game. It's I went to, tough to watch. I want to I
1: know why it's tough for you to watch. I
2: went to, uh, I went to Boston College, which... Uh, you
1: went to school there?
2: Yeah, which was not the best experience. That's but, where I'm from. Oh, I don't think I actually knew that.
1: I was born in Boston College.
2: You were born in Boston College? <laughs> yeah. What a terrible place During to be born since they hate sex there. Do they? Yeah, they d- sure do. Really? Yeah, not so much at all.
1: What are they known for? Uh,
2: not passing out ca- condoms on campus, that's for sure. Really? Yeah, you're not allowed to.
1: What they passed out condoms on my campus, and we were a Christian college. Well, it was one rogue boot. I don't
2: know if you know this about Catholics, but if you just don't give people condoms, nothing bad happens. Uh, That's how you avoid. I didn't know
1: it was a Catholic school.
2: Yeah, super uh-huh. super Catholic. Uh-huh. Uh and not the best experience. But I was watching uh, BC play Notre Dame with some pals of my sisters who had gone to Notre Dame and Notre Dame scored a touchdown. And I said, like, boo. And then somebody turned to me and goes, I need this. This is the most important thing in my life right now. And that guy is an orthopedic surgeon. An orthopedic surgeon told me he really needed Notre Dame to score a touchdown.
1: Although that is something you can do your whole life and that's That's unachievable. You can be a a Notre Dame (sighs) fan your whole life and never perfect it. Yeah. I think that's what people like about sports is it's this never ending desert.
2: <laughs> of it's It's infinity And there's nothing you can do.
1: It's infinity and you're not involved there's at all. There's nothing you can do. Well that's I've said that many times. I don't like sports because it's disempowered. And people are like, But you like other things that you have no control over, like I'm watching I'm rewatching Breaking Bad, which I, I just I'm really enjoying the second time around. But I don't sit at home with like a foam finger that says meth on it, going, Go Walt you know what I mean? <laughs> But I mean, like some people, some people do get a little bit too invested in those things as well, and I think that's just the same sort of brain power being used for a narrative or whatever. You know what I mean?
2: Fair enough. I mean, I think I get very invested in television, but a specific kind. Yesterday, because I was sick, I stayed home and like watched TV all day, which I almost never do. I love it. And uh, what I watch is I watch like lesbian movies, like movies with lesbian story times. There are there are like forty of them in the The whole. The opposite
1: of sex is that one of them. Um. She gets lesbian. No,
2: that nobody well, generally if anybody gets lesbian, that's not the Mulholland movie I want to watch. No, not Mulholland that Drive? either. Drive. <laughs> what did I watch yesterday? I watched like some obscure, like British one, one from South Africa. Like I You have I to like up, leave
1: the country to get a good lesbian kinda, film.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean the most recent lesbian film that was like a hit in the States is The Kids Are Alright, and most of that movie is Julianne uh, Julian I, Moore fucking a guy. Right. So which is pretty hard to right. watch. Because for lesbians me. are liars. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, she was bisexual. Well, no, suppose. see, I mean the thing is, like, she was just really happy until she had dick. Dick. So that's that's why I, I like think that's that movie. That's what that movie like, proved. Win <laughs> we win again. We win again. I was again! so mad about that movie, and I also watched it with my parents, who <laughs> and were, they like, were like, mm. they rented it because they were trying to be really like supportive. Yeah. and they were like, we heard this movie, you know, has this storyline in it, so. um I don't know that I would want to watch a lesbian movie with my parents, anyway, but especially yeah. not one where Julianne Moore's uh, riding a, a ween. I haven't seen
1: this movie, but Boys Don't Cry is a lesbian movie, isn't it?
2: Well, not really, because the, um, I mean, yes,
1: but she's pretending to be. So,
2: one. so Hilary Swank is a trans character in that movie. Oh, so, I haven't seen it. So, so I, uh, I that's apologize. like a male character. Yeah, but um, still, most lesbians that I know that like are kind of around, we're not too far apart in age, and literally kind of around our age watched. That movie when they were kids just because it was like the closest thing like I I rented that movie and I watched it alone in my parents basement and rewound the sex scene like 27 times and it's a this is before you
1: came out though to yourself
2: yes I had no idea what was going on I was just like I like this part of the movie it was also a very violent movie terrible things happen that's how starved I I was for anything that would be interesting I was just like I gotta get through that horrible rape so I can see that great sex scene again oh
1: boy Oh boy, that is how I feel about stand-up. That was my obsession, uh, you know. Obviously, yours as well. But any movie, like the movie Punchline, Tom Hanks. You know,
2: I've never seen that, which is
1: you don't have, to which is it. tough
2: to admit. But it's fun. Yeah,
1: it's fun. We could do a we do a, a a shoot off of this podcast called You Made It Movies. We could watch it together. Oh, and, that would be awesome because I've always wanted to see
2: it, but I just like I think it opens make it a
1: priority. You shouldn't. <laughs> 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 it opens with Shelley Long buying jokes in a diner, like a drug deal, almost. Like he's like, "What do you think of this?" They're on like yellow note cards. I might be misremembering, but it's just like
2: no. I feel like <laughs> seen, I've seen I've heard are. that I've heard about that. Scene. This
1: one's no good. You already gave me this one. Like like are <laughs> like their sales leads. But maybe
2: that's maybe that is what it was at the time. <laughs>
1: You know, you know, stand couldn't
2: up. Do you don't think so? No. You don't think there was ever a time when stand up was just like, "What are your best joke?" Because now it's like it has Sell to me be personal. Joke?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The like if your stuff is isn't on...
2: personal, then
1: right. You're well, not we're coming out of vaudeville, and and Rodney Dangerfield was kind of one of the people that bridged. He's not that old. I know he's dead, but I mean, he wasn't that old. But he did kind of come from that place, and then started doing like a more vaudevillian act, and now we're in that Louis time. If you're looking at like the Mesopot- yeah. Mesopotamic. Uh, kind of cross-section of history. We're in a time where, like, it would be better to be not funny but true than really funny and... and may- well, I don't know. I
2: read true. something kind of interesting about... Your dog farted. Your dog farted? It smells really like bad.
1: It- I just oh, want I, you to that you. That is clearly not a human I smell. I
2: can't smell oh, it Oh, you're all. lucky. God, um, God loves you. <laughs> I read something about uh, specificity in stand-up possibly being a reaction to the fact that you can't copyright material. I mean... Which they, makes sense. Oh, that I now I smell the dog fart. Oh
1: God, Scout, Sorry. he's right there too. It's he basically farted on me.
2: Oh, that's a serious fart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you have a sinus infection, oh God, he doesn't know he's in the present.
2: Oh man, it's no, bad. it's it's great. It's yeah.
1: real bad.
2: Yeah.
1: <gasps> Katie has a dog. For those it's, of you that oh, don't know. It's also
2: perfect cuz the room is oh, so soundproof.
1: Soundproof, smellproof. So I didn't
2: realize it was also completely far. I mean this we're this, egg, this egg
1: crate material yeah, is soaking absorbent. it up. It's soaking it up. <laughs> oh, sorry buddy. No, I'm glad he can't tell we're laughing at him. <laughs> but we are we're laughing at you. What were we saying? Oh, oh, well yes, I agree with you because if you do something that only you can do.
0: It's
2: like the ultimate prevention against joke theft. Yeah, is if you're like, I'm a woman who's dating another woman. Right, Here's right, right. what a her haircut is. Right, right, right Then right, right, it's gonna be really hard right. for somebody to steal. But I that. mean,
1: it's funny that it took that long to figure that out. You know what I mean? We, it looks like we used to have people like Mitch Hedberg, where it was like, oh, only he can do that joke because of his cadence and stuff, and hair over his eyes and looking down and sort of stuff. But then, like, we all realize that we're all our own Hedbergs. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean, as long as you're being yourself. But like, I don't think that was I don't think that existed in the 80s everybody was doing an impression of a comedian
2: <laughs> well right because they were gonna eventually get like their the show feeling? that mm-hmm. was gonna sell themselves but now we kind of sell our own selves right so, true enough because there isn't like a the sitcom development Although, process isn't gonna make us the same way
1: lesbians women uh, tell me about lesbians <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like somebody like uh, Ellen yeah. coming up well she th- she wasn't out though she came out later, didn't she? She came, she came out,
2: out on her show. It's a it's a plot it's a point in the show. Right, right. Yeah. She
1: leans on the mic. Yeah, and it exactly. Gets broadcasted. And it gets
2: broadcast to the to I mean, the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gay gay, yes. gay, 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 uh,
1: gay. But so I'm trying to think of the more things you have imposed on you. We've we've talked about this before. Ron Funches is a type already. Yeah, You know absolutely. what I mean? Like you're just like, oh fuck. you. And not because he's black, because he's a guy that is just such a guy. Oh,
2: all the all the things. All the things. One of which is black. One but of those, then it's one like of those is black, like, but it's, yeah. The shape of him, the hair that Literally, he has exactly, on his head. Exactly. And then the little voice that he talks to and his little laughing face.
1: <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But then, so those people have always uh, benefited, or can benefit from, say, right over the plate, for lack of a better term, boring white guy. Mm. Who... Could got? I think we lost a lot of those. My brothers, yeah. we lost a lot of them in the great club wars of the '80s. Like those are the ones that didn't make it. I do
2: think you're right. It's a great time to be me. I think that uh, because, well, there's two things. Like I'm not necessarily plug-inable. Like you can't. There's not. There's not going to be a show where they're like. These are our types. Right. We have, like, one role for a side-mulleted lesbian. Like, right. nobody's going to write that show. Side-mulleted. That's, yeah, that's not in the character side-mulleted. description.
1: Side-mulleted.
2: But uh, I could, like, kind of be... I'm, I'm memorable. I'm more memorable... Absolutely. ...than you are physically Absolutely. on stage. Yep. You know, if we were back-to-back... Uh, if people were like, well, if we remember did that, that one? guy? If we were back to back, people would be like people she's would very that short. Whole thing. Yeah, uh, would no, like... but if we were um, if we were performing back to back, people would be like that chick.
1: But that works. That works for and against, I suppose, because yeah. my business sense, for what it's worth, is kind of like, oh, Cameron needs her own show. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily it suits that better than I think. Unless you wrote a show with other people, right? Like you two other friends or whatever, because you're a strong personality.
2: Yeah, I do think that that's... it's like
1: in your act, like a leprechaun. Yeah, like you say, it's like leprechaun. Yeah. It is kind of like, and one of the roommates is a leprechaun. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, a side exactly. mother to lesbian <laughs> is equal. No,
2: you're right. I'm gonna have to do my. I'm gonna have to do my own thing, which is cool and also really, really like scary in a lot of ways. Yeah, because you want people to get on board. I think it's a lot easier for people to get on board with. Uh, dude comics also, because a lot of stand-up audience members are male. Yeah. And so, like, to be a fan of another guy um, is like, yeah, I can be like him. Right. but if That's you're, me up there. Yeah, well, there he is. I'm That's funny. the guy that speaks for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Again, it's like it's, it's kind of that football thing where, like, you can't necessarily... I think it's harder for men to, like, put themselves into the mindset of a woman or to even want to. Right. Do, well, men, don't in, have to, men don't have to, like, challenge themselves to do that. Women do. Women right. have to live in a world where well, we have to... have to have
1: empathy, to, too. We have to imagine. That's why guys are always like, you get your period. We don't want to hear about yeah, it, sweetheart. But exactly. well, you should really yell as, like, we can't relate. Yeah. But you could if you tried, if you thought about it. You know what I mean?
2: I always think when people talk about how they don't want to hear period jokes, then I'm like... I totally get that you don't want to hear jokes about this, but could we have a serious discussion about this? Because it is awful. Like I just wish that I wish that for once women could just actually To tell men, like, you don't know how bad this really is. Like, this is, you know how you think it's bad? It's like, it's like that times a million.
1: Right, right, right. Well, Chelsea Peretti has that great bit about, like, if guys got their period, 97% Mm. of stand-up would be about, Yeah,
0: absolutely. I got it, drip, drop, drip, drip!
1: (laughs) It's really, really funny and really true. But that brings me to my question, which I'm interested in in your perspective, is I've said it and thought it many times, is uh, a white male comedian is the standard, you know, at least let's just say in the eighties, because that is like the easiest thing for a crowd to allow themselves to be invaded by. I think there's something sexual going on, and then I wonder what you think, a les- how a lesbian plays into that, because the lesbian comedian is a different
2: vibe. I'm smiling my face off already. To your an question. audience, yeah.
1: Well, please talk, because everybody knows how I feel.
2: No, know, no, probably. tell me what you're going to say. I'm just so happy. I'm that <laughs> really, my face was going like, yay! I think this is a great question. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's really it. It's it's just. The guy –
1: it's a manipulation. The Mm -hmm. crowd is being manipulated. Absolutely. The guy – Dominated? Dominated. Violated. Not not violated, but I'm changing the chemistry of your body, your brain. You know what I mean? Women are pretty open about it being like a type of foreplay, learning somebody's personality and having them make you laugh. It's an intimate thing. So the guy, almost like watching pornography, sees the guy on stage and goes, that's me.
0: Yeah. And he benefits
1: later in the night. Uh, I don't like talking this way, but like if he's on a date, she is lubricated a little bit. I don't mean her vagina. I just mean she's loosened up because she's (laughs) laughing. Like her car.
2: Like her car runs better. She's like like lubricated. I get it. Um,
1: But then I wonder where the lesbian fits in. I wonder if you agree with that.
2: Well, I think it's, I think even just walking on stage, the moment I walk out on stage, I think I look weird. And the reason I think that's true is because I think women look weird on stage. Because if we want to talk about the 80s and literally everything that you and I grew up with, every picture of a stand-up comic or the opening from Seinfeld, all those things, it's a guy in front of a brick wall. Yeah. So the moment I walk out on stage, the moment any woman walks out on stage, already the audience right. is like, Oh, uh hmm.
1: Right. So there's You look there's, like Carrot Rodi. Yeah.
2: She operates the trunks. People I do think there's a moment of just like well, what's this person going to do? Yeah. Is this person sweeping up between men? Like right. I do think there's a moment of getting used to it. Um and then I also think that it, there is like a dominant dominance and submission thing going right. on. Laughing is actually like just kind of a submissive response in general. Right. Um and Because you some guys, the classic heckler asshole, Yeah. doesn't like
1: that you keep tricking him with your fancy city talk.
2: Absolutely. You know
1: what I mean? So he folds his arms and he's like, you got your nickel words and all that sort of stuff. Well, you should say 25 cent words. But like, now I have something in my throat. But you get what I'm saying. I You're try like, to
2: connect Fuck with those guys. you. Yeah. right away I tried to talk to them I was walking on stage not too long ago I like <laughs> saw a guy sitting in the front row who was massive just like really really flexed out mm. with huge like tattoos and just like hit his arm around his chick and then he was also crossing his like intermittently just being like this ah! is mine this is mine like he was like protecting <laughs> his chest so protecting her funny. so I was watching the, so the comic funny. ahead of me and it was a woman and I was watching him not give her anything and he, yeah. since he was in the front row I can kind of see that like the rest of the audiences they're taking their cue off of him so i was like all right when i walk out there i'm just gonna have to say to him i'm gonna have to like that's my guy that i'm gonna start with so i walked out and i was just like you are scary as fuck yeah uh but like that's why we're gonna get along and i like connected with him right away and like made fun of him a little bit for like protecting his woman uh, from my wiles and it like went really well and then i got him and then like the whole rest of the crowd could relax because yeah that guy was like, he was the, the leader works. of the room oh, i yeah. mean you know like they were all just like this is our alpha male and yep. he's not into these women right so i feel like you have to like connect with that guy right away but it's alpha
1: male you know what i mean even that i i, I mean that's such an yeah. obvious point i never took a gender studies class in college so this is new to me these types of conversations but i'm like it, it's that guy is allowing the rest it goes Absolutely. through him and we and just like one black person in the audience, if if a black comic makes a black joke or something, you see if he's laughing. Yeah. everybody's looking to the leader, sort of thing.
2: And it is interesting because me- women women don't heckle the same way that men do, especially not me. Yeah, like women sometimes are drunk and they get like flirty in a weird way. Hmm. Like I'll have uh, I'll have women be like, yeah. <laughs> "This is my favorite." Uh, like I've never been with a woman, mm-hmm. but I would be with you. Yeah. I, I always love that because I'm like, you know you would be terrible. <laughs> like, you are offering me somebody that does not know how to have right. sex with me. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to – this is not, like, a great deal for me. Right. Also, I'm on stage talking about how I'm engaged, and that person's like, oh, I'm pretty sure I could get into this. You know, like, it's a very, really funny moment. I'd like to,
1: I'd like to talk about that more, but let's stay on stand-up yeah. just because I do want to talk about – No,
2: but this is – so the way that dude tackle me is very, it like, uh, is very, like, is very they, – like, they need to, like uh, – it almost feels like if you were grabbing Superman by his cape and pulling him down. Like, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Like, is like, the, you know, I feel like I'm walking oh I'm out, I'm in charge. A guy... Well, you are,
1: okay, you're doing something male. Yeah. And I, but when I say that, I mean by the traditional, whatever the, however to say mm. this politely.
2: Like, it, I guess we could use masculine and feminine because there's no other better words. Okay. I wish there were better words. Okay.
1: But you're doing a masculine thing already, which is stand-up. We're agreeing that there's something about taking control of a room. Why on the New York City subway does the male voice give instruction and the female gives information? You know what I mean. Well, I mean this is just how we're wired. So you're d- you're doing yeah. a double masculine thing, meaning uh, be with women and take control. Like you have that sort of uh, um, usually reserved for masculinity <laughs> thing. So you're double.
2: So do double? You, do you think strange. this is everybody, or do you think this is me specifically? Are you are you speaking about women? like you seeing me? Me, Cameron Esposito, on stage, and you thinking that I am very strong and aggressive.
0: i curious. I do, curious. Uh, I, I do no, think I, I have an think, aggressive. I was thinking energy. about you. I think when
1: yeah. I listen to you on stage, there's no difference. I, this is why when we first met, yeah, or not first met, but, but like, like first talk, yeah. I was like, oh, you remind me of TJ. You, mm-hmm. you remind me of TJ, which is a very and and in a way, myself as well, which is a very like get in. Yeah. Like I feel you pulling away. Stay with me. I, this guy's laughing, this person... It's a very... It's an orchestrative position. Yes. It's a conductor. Yeah. Also, I know they're female conductors, but I'm just saying... No,
2: it's... I, I do think I'm very big on stage. Yeah,
1: because uh, you're tiny.
2: Yeah, I'm a really small, tiny person. But then person. you are big.
1: It's undeniable. But it's see, that's kind of why it
2: works in a great way, because I think I have, like, a little bit of a special extra gift, which is that I have a big personality. I have kind of a deep voice, which does benefit me. That actually is true, like... Voices oh amplify differently, and I just
1: realized you look a lot like a woman that works at this juice shop that I yes that I go to, and her voice is thirty five times higher than the than the standard
2: one. <laughs> it is so high;
1: she sounds magical.
2: <laughs> well, like I think that women with really high voices have a tough time on stage, yeah, because we just tune the we we're more comfortable hearing like a deeper voice, yeah. being amplified. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think I benefit from that, and then also I'm tiny. And kind of smiley and cute, like so I can say stuff that maybe you couldn't even say, and you're really smiley, right. so you can say stuff right. that like somebody who's less smiley than you could say. Right. But then you're also big and kind of imposing, so yeah. I can say almost anything I want, which is really wild. That is. But also, like my my being is not necessarily something everybody's on board with. Right. So sure, there's negatives and positives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I I can uh, I've only had one. Threat of physical violence. What one time, From and I what? feel like I've said a million said. crazy things. Just I... this last week, this happened to me. I got off stage, and this guy came up to me, shook my hand, he pulled me in really close, he like shook me at my hand, he got really intimately in my face, and he said, "I should have gotten on stage and punched you in your fucking face." Why? Because I told him to be quiet because it was his birthday. I told him to be quiet, or I was going to kick him out. Oh my god! But. I feel like I say stuff that if I was a man, that maybe would happen to me more. Wait, you think...
1: Oh, but you just said... Be, did you scream, be quiet?
2: No, I said, you have to be quiet. Nobody cares about your birthday. Like, yeah. Nobody... I mean... Yeah. That you, is
1: what I would call a standard comedian, yeah. be quiet mm-hmm. line.
2: I mean, I, I said, like, you You had your moment, and now everybody hears life is worse. What do you think? Because you is- won't stop yelling
1: about your birthday. Okay, so why... Pin? Why? Okay, I don't mean to make everything lesbianic, but I'm just kind of like, why... Sapphic.
2: <laughs> I'm just giving you the better word. Is that the word? Well, like, lesbianic, probably not, but sapphic, you could sapphic? use that. What yeah, does like, that mean? like, Sappho's. you know, like, the Mm-mm. lesbian I'm not poet. ashamed to not know things. Okay, well, she's from, like, an island. Anyway. Okay. Lesbos.
1: That's okay. where the word
2: lesbian comes from. Plathic? Yeah, exactly. Plathic. <laughs> Put your head in another.
1: <laughs> so, she, I uh, why so angry? One, you're a woman, so he can say that. Yes. You say that to Bill Burr. I'm pretty sure he's going to punch you in the neck. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you're a small woman.
2: It made me terrified for his girlfriend.
1: Yeah, yeah there as her. we all should be. You know what I mean? That's like a fucking terrible situation. So you, in, in again, violating him, mm-hmm. telling him to be quiet, even though if I leaned into him way harder... There's no threat afterwards, you fucking piece of shit. No, it was. It was. And if there was, it would crazy. be crazy. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I, I would not punch someone in the neck, but it would be more of a like.
2: I mean, I said you. I said I should have gotten off stage and punched you in your fucking face. Is like that what you I said? held my ground? You did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. I but I also <laughs> I also was losing it a little bit on the inside because yeah. I can say whatever I want on stage, but when I get off stage, I'm five four. I weigh like. 130 pounds yeah. like that guy could have beat the shit out of me and there was no one else around he, he didn't say it like in a way where somebody could have protected me he said it interpersonally to me off stage so I do think it is I think I threatened him like in a way that he would not even be able to articulate like yeah. I think I rocked his entire world down well, what to are you- the only thing he could think of to do was to corner me right and challenge me to something that i would never be able to win
1: so in terms of a woman heckling you in that sort of like i would fuck you yes. way what is, what are you shaking up in a dude what do you think is touching a nerve with a dude like that to have a five foot four 130 pound uh you know openly gay person put him down yeah i think what what is shaking him up so
2: badly i mean don't you think that men's biggest fear is that to be useless i mean don't, honestly don't you think so isn't the whole point of being a man like to be useful and achieve something yeah. and then like, to be
1: praised and like you did a good job yeah.
2: you did i mean that's it. that is that is the burden of what it is to be a guy is that you have to constantly be moving forward and you have to be providing and you have to right. be and everybody has to praise you and oh thank god for you and, and then and, even
1: though we are sexual aggressor, aggressors my, my therapist has this great line dr gary penn whose book is available now he talks about Men achieve erections. Even that is considered this achievement.
2: It's here! Oh my God, that's amazing! I did it!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Wow, I never thought of that. Versus, like, women are just unnaturally lubricated with whatever we buy at the store. With magic. With magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, just throw
1: that on there. Exactly. So, here's a man who, you know, when he threatens you, that is, first of all, just deplorable and indefensible, but it might be some sort of misdirected attempt to keep whatever it is that helps him get hard, keep oh, him yeah, hard. Of course, you know what I mean. He's like, he's, ba- he's banging his chest. He's being a fucking idiot, but it, it but not but, and he hopes that he gets a big boner later.
2: I mean, I really think that's the reason <laughs> that lesbian porn and like the the fantasy exists at all. Yeah, is just so that so that men can be like. That's for us. Yeah, exactly. Like, we still own it, though. Like, we own the whole thing. It's like we don't own between them, but like we own the video. You know, like it's like, like, take, like, That's you know, like really... kind of capturing that. Because if you yeah. watch like mainstream lesbian porn, the stuff that if you like looked up lesbian pornography yeah. on the internet, it's all like camera angles where the women are like leaning away from each other. It's very like inviting, as if it's just like we're waiting for something, you know, and I uh-huh. think that is. It's what inclusive. Is packaged to yeah. men so that men can handle the fact that they are not invited. Yeah. Um, and I also think that <laughs> like male homophobia comes from a whole other I think male homophobia, like straight dudes being upset about gay dudes is because they don't want to be women.
1: Well that's that we've talked about that too, which is why why do we say go fuck yourself, fuck yeah. you, you're fucked. Is because of uh, latent and subconscious misogyny. Right. You you get fucked. So the, you are imposed upon. The
2: grossest thing in the world would be to be a chick, and right. the closest you could ever get to that would be to be a dude who's getting fucked by a dude. That's right. And so, like anybody in the audience that's having a reaction to me, I'm completely aware of the fact that those things are playing out like in their bodies and yeah, minds. Because sometimes even me talking about being a lesbian will like set off people thinking about gay men yep. and I'll get like that weird stuff coming in. Right. Which is very coming in, which is very strange. Yeah. Uh, to hear like guys. I sometimes
1: wonder, it's so interesting, you know, and it's not necessarily new ground. I I've heard other people say this, but it's like, we know women suck dick, you know, straight women. Most of them <laughs> suck dick, but, Do we, we? Yeah. but we still kind of like look down on that. Like our favorite thing, they get fucked yeah. and they suck dick. They, they blow people. Right. And those are insults. Right. And they're still... This is why we're all so fucked. This is probably a big part of, like, violence, anger, just random aneurysms, people exploding, is because we can't reconcile the angel horror dilemma, which I think is behind so much and and it has a lot to do with why people turn to pornography and stuff. You're watching somebody, like, a, a, a blowjob online, and you're like the degrading part of it. Like you think she's being degraded. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying that's But I the mean, is that, is mind. that,
2: is that okay to be, I mean, I think it's, I think it's okay to have taboos and to like push things that, to think that something is sexy because it's,
1: I understand. Not okay, I understand what you're saying. In fact, that's a great way to add a little sizzle to your to your sex life. Yeah. I've said many times that I think repressed religious people having affairs are probably having the best sex that anyone <laughs> that anyone Absolutely. can. Absolutely, they're just like
2: God hates this. Like, I'll tell they, you what's great sex is uh, is lesbian sex that you're having while you're still dating men. That shit is hot. Yep, cause...
1: I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. I want to hear your whole. Is it obvious? Does everyone want to hear your origin story? It's interesting to me. But before we get to that, yeah. I'll write down origin. I want to hear. I was just having drinks uh, at a party, and uh, a, a transgendered friend of mine was there, and it was so interesting watching her deal with all the dudes coming up who, as they got drunker, kept And, and she looked at me, she was like, this happens all the time. I mean, they're all curious. They're all making jokes about fucking her. So really? So yeah.
2: it's like, as the night's going on, things are getting looser, and then pretty much everybody is making a pass? Not a pass. Okay.
1: But, the, like, some of my friends that I happen to know are a little bit more homophobic. Well, yeah, like, the tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Yeah. They're the ones that are really, the drunker they get being more like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll go home with you. You know what I mean? Wow. And then when it was just her and I, she was like, it's, this is so normal.
2: So I'm curious. But that's also not necessarily related to homophobia either. Because generally, straight men... Are like more interested in like a trans woman than a gay man because a trans woman is a woman, so like right there's that. Gay men wouldn't necessarily be into a woman, you know. They, they would be into I like suppose. a trans guy.
1: Now, I, I I always I'm a little naive, and I, let's take the specific example out of yeah. the way. I always wonder if it's like a pre-op or a post-op sort of thing. Are we dealing with a penis sort of thing?
2: Even though even even, even so, then? like I think I think uh, so the- don't you think that guys love dicks? They love their own dicks.
1: Well, that. He, so,
2: what about a woman that has a dick? That's wait, like the ultimate thing.
1: Guys love their dicks, but they also hate their dicks. This is that. Sure, that is the man's angel whore internal dilemma. I one of my most. But
2: gay dudes don't just love dicks. You know, they love men. So, like, right. if it's a dick that's attached to a woman, that's not going to work for a gay guy. Most gay guys, but if it's a chick with a dick attached, there's a I, lot of straight guys that can get into that.
1: I can't speak to that. I I I kind of disagree. I think the dick is what, what it is. If you look exactly like a woman, then, then you have a penis. A lot of guys are gonna be like, Oh, that's a man. This is a problem I'm just saying that there's in a the transgender communion. I I and I'm agreeing with you because that's why and these guys are. Honestly, coming this up. is
2: actually true. Most consu- most like consumers of trans female porn are straight men. It's not gay men that watch that.
1: It's interesting. I wouldn't think it would be because I wouldn't have a guess. You know what I mean? I I would think it would be other transgendered people, to be honest. I I don't Mm. know. That was my off-the-cuff. You know, like... Yeah, everybody's... Everybody does their own thing. (laughs) Turkeys eat turkey. I watch myself. (laughs) I am interested in what dudes think of their own... Turkeys eat turkeys. Eat turkeys, eat turkeys. Yeah. I... One of my favorite weird theories that I read one day was that the reason why... uh, there's so much porn obsessed with, like, uh, cum shots is because guys are disgusted by the fact that that happens. Like, it's a weird thing. It's like, it's almost like they're ashamed that they have this, like, very blunt, protruding, violent thing. So all of pornography is to just be like, it's okay, it's all right. Wow. And look at this girl. Whenever a guy comes in a video, it's the best news she's got all day. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, so, I never like,
2: thought of that. Because so I always kind of thought it was coming from a uh, place of being, like, pretty proud of yourself. But you're right. It makes way more sense if it's from a place of sadness. I think, like, that she needs to be like, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, the guys would need to hear that. It's like they a, would, like, really need to hear that they love it. Like
1: a weird Caesar. Men are that's, so fragile. I know. That's what I'm saying. So if we have, like, a Caesar character in history, so it's ancient Rome. And he can't stop farting. Like he just has a weird genetic thing where he can't stop farting. Maybe I'm he's, that Katie's of the dog. Dog, yeah. he's Katie's dog. He's Katie's dog. So he can't stop farting. They would f- they'd find a bevy of women every time he farted to applaud and deeply inhale and go, "It's the greatest. It cures absolutely." Disease. They'd, they'd get fake uh, people that can't walk to like walk when he farts. So that I feel like there's something in the fragility of men. I I completely. I mean, agree. just
2: to go the other way, then that makes me realize how much. The opposite is true for women. Because everything is disgusting about women. Like you're not allowed to admit that women uh shit or like yeah. fart or that they have periods or right. that they like have orgasms or that anything happens, right. they even have private parts and, at all. Like you're not allowed to even talk about it. And so, even and
1: that, that goes back to the Angel Whore thing. They get fucked and then like and then they stop. You know They that, get fucked
2: and then they're and then it just seals over Seals over. over yeah, like,
1: and then that's when that's the mother yeah, of my children. You absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. Or whatever the fuck it is, yeah, yeah, it's really limiting it's sad, um I think it might start with the period that that whole the period shame menstruation shame that you're like, don't talk about it, wrap the tampon eight times before you throw it away, sort of thing everybody's embarrassed. I'm not saying
2: no, I sometimes I still hear like people our age talking about like I'll hear a guy in a green room or on stage or something like that make like an offhand joke about not having sex with his girlfriend while she's having her period yeah. like an offhand joke, which yeah. is even even more disturbing than if it was like a pre-written joke but yeah. like an offhand where they're just like well anyway we know that's disgusting moving on and I'm always like right. is that really true for you are you never having sex with your girlfriend while she's on her period right. ever you've never had that experience Yeah. because it's not it's not weird it's like n- right. nothing is you're okay. Like you. I mean, it, you have to like it's probably a, change the sheets. <laughs> you like you put a towel. You like probably put a towel. Like it's. You're I'm not towel. saying it's the exact same. I'm, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. also is the exact same.
1: Right, right, right. It can be a little bit different. Uh, it feels a little bit different. You're going to be a little bit drier down there if you got that happening, which you think is the opposite. Well, um, <laughs> is that true? In my experience, and huh. with more than one person, In my I'm experience
2: not, oh. is the opposite. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, Pete, my, my question I guess is, we'll agree
2: to disagree about I wonder regimes. if you're
1: experiencing it in the same way. I have to admit, you're not, exactly. No. You know what I'm saying? So there might be... I don't want to get too personal, but there might be a depth at which you're kind of like, this is different. I shouldn't have said depth. You know what I'm saying? Wow.
2: Wait, what are you... mean? No, now you have to say more, not less. Well, I'm
1: saying my dick is my- maybe going in deeper... Than my hand. Than your hand or your mouth or whatever you're doing.
2: I mean... Um, or whatever
1: it is you people Take are out doing. your
2: dick and put it on the table, <laughs> and I'll put my hand right next to it.
1: Okay, that's a fair
2: point. Yeah.
1: I didn't know it got down like that. Because in the... <laughs> I didn't. This is like changing. Like,
2: am I changing your world right now?
1: I mean, I assumed it. it, it that
2: this is what was going to happen, that I was going to change your world? No. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up this morning and I'm like, world about to be changed.
1: No, that, that makes perfect sense. I guess because of the type of lesbian porn, again, that sort of inclusive lesbian porn I've seen, you don't necessarily.
2: Oh, a lot of like outside action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot you of like real hovering on the clip.
1: Down on going down on yeah. each other, basically. That, okay. That's what lesbian porn is.
2: You know, a television show I recommend is The L Word, uh, not because it's uh, the best show, but it's, it's very soap opera but they have sex on that show that's very realistic. Oh, really? For what lesbians actually do. So if anybody that, if you ever were like, what do lesbians actually do together? It looks like, it looks like how straight people have sex in terms of like, there's a lot of, uh, you know. Thrusting. Thrusting. I was going to use the exact same <laughs> word.
1: So you and I. Lesson learned, know yeah. what it feels like. So, yeah. your your experience is obviously as valid as mine. <laughs> I, I've just found in the five, I'm thinking four or five, you know, girlfriends yeah. that I've had sex with, with on their period, it's always been a little bit like something's going on in there. Do they like I it? I can't quite. Oh, yeah, they're fine. Because I it.
2: think actually women can, it can I be really feel awesome. Like for it women. dries
1: up faster. Okay. I'm not saying it, it's unpleasant. I'm talking about like, Later in the thing, you're kind of like, I feel like.
2: Oh, then you got like crazy blood all over you, Pete. This is getting really serious. (laughs) We're getting really serious. Also, you can't,
1: uh, or you, you know, I don't uh, go down on a woman who has her period, so that might be what I'm experiencing. Mm. Because like usually that is the opening act of sex for me. So you're going to be like double wet. You know, got it. Okay, just getting real personal.
2: I love how this is. We're getting right to it. I'm not sad about that at all. (laughs) You should start doing that. Doing what? Going down on a woman when she has her period.
1: Is that do? Is that, is there? Yeah. I've done it and then realized after, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I've always thought that was something you shouldn't do.
2: I mean, you can ask your, you can ask whoever you're, whoever you're with, but I don't think it's a, I don't, to me, it's not like a big no no. I think it feels like um, it's very intimate and it also just, you know, I mean, it kind of says you got a cut in your mouth.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> you could have gone with rare steak. You could have said. Iron.
2: iron, tastes like iron. Tastes like, tastes like iron. You know, licking a, like licking a barbell.
1: <laughs> Some people play the show like, like in their, work? in their bar, like while they're mopping.
2: right <laughs> This is also like pretty, you know. What? Pretty. I'm being pretty frank. So sorry about no, I like the bar,
1: the... no situation. No. I led the way, I'd like to think. <laughs> I am sweating, and it's only partially because it's so <laughs> fucking hot in here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the curiosity thing in, in terms of you. Do you find that a lot of let's, – let's acknowledge the stereotype that most people think that women are like a, a two glasses of Chardonnay away from being gay anyway. Yes. That's, that's another I, – I mean stereotype. Yes. That's a trope that people are kind of like, okay. And then
2: also that you could come back. And right that can, it's like
0: people talk about women as
2: women as having like this fluidity to their sexuality that is specifically true for women. I think right. everybody has fluid sexuality. I think we're all on a spectrum and and you know any person falls between 1 and 10. I completely 10. agree. And I mean please of course I sometimes people are surprised when I can identify an attractive man.
1: Yeah, I Which that. is it's,
2: hilarious. Cameron, it's
1: so crazy that you say that cuz I have a chunk in my act. It's about being on a spectrum, and it's about a, a gay friend of mine who I believe is gay, who says I can't even tell what a good-looking man looks like, and I'm like, that has nothing to do with sexuality. <laughs> what the hilarious. fuck are you talking about? That is some serious repressed.
2: I have told audience delics. members that they were like, "Oh, you, you're like really good-looking," and then had the rest of the audience laugh as if that was an insult. That's a joke.
0: Like the uh, like I I, see.
2: I am such a lesbian that you're if I am saying like or guy, yeah. if I say oh. a guy is good-looking, like. Oh, you're a handsome guy. People are like <laughs> like this fucking lesbian right. taking this guy down a notch, that's which is crazy. so funny. Of course, I know what a good looking man looks like, and um, I think i mean i I still sometimes have sex dreams about men, yeah, but like I just I'm never gonna end up with a man. It's like not part of my
1: but that's you just saying you're on the spectrum, sort of thing, yeah,
2: I think I'm super on the spectrum, and I think i it is hard for me to believe that that is not true for a lot of people. It is hard for me. I'm mean, sure we're all scaled differently. Some people are five, and some people are a hard one in ten, but I just think, like, <laughs> most of us are not between those. No, most of us are somewhere in there.
1: Absolutely. I always like to play the what-if game. The game that I play on, in my act is, it's, it's a joke, but it's me and Ryan Gosling on a deserted island, and then I just scream at the audience, like, you're gonna... You're going to. Yeah, of course. It's going to happen. Right. And I say, don't be a child. Right. Which I think is so funny because a lot of guys do back away. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about gay sex, although for some reason a guy endorsing it and being imposing, I think people are quicker to get on board with it. I don't think I'm being like, I'm not like a hero. I'm just making a joke. But like people people get into it they know what i'm talking people about
2: people can either be on board or they can be laughing cuz they're uncomfortable so there's two things yeah. and i Ooh, think maybe that's way we win. that's another reason that like a guy talking about a straight guy talking about that is Oh, I hear I, a lot of guys do that and I think it, it can be really empowering and it also can be I sometimes I wonder where the laughs are coming from interesting like because I know that there are some people that are laughing that are like this is crazy
1: that's interesting um I w- because if a gay man did that
2: because if a gay man did that then that's very like wait stay away from our butts yeah, like i, yeah, I, I yeah, do yeah.
1: think he's making the argument yeah. that's that's threatening me
2: yes I do think that uh straight men have a this you know this feeling that like gay men are trying to come after them. And so if any right. acknowledgement of that is made on stage,
1: but that's, then that's very like...
2: Uh,
1: I think it's conflicting for guys to love the person sucking the dick and hate sucking dick.
2: Yes, of course. You know what I mean?
1: So we love having it done and looking at women doing it. Yeah. But we also are like, that's atrocious.
2: Right, because you wouldn't want to be a woman because women are disgusting and they have, But that's they the bleed. thing.
1: But then like the thing that's very... A theory that's very interesting to me again, from my therapist, actually it's from Freud, is that you you are every character in your dream, which means if you have a dream that you're getting blown, you're also the woman blowing yourself. Not just like, I don't mean you're manufacturing them. I mean, if you have an argument, it's a good therapy technique. If you have an argument with your mother in your dream, you can say, how did your mother feel? And you'll know. You'll know the answer. Why did she say that? You'll know the answer. So if you have a sex dream with a woman, you are also partially fantasizing, which I'm completely open with, what it feels like to get fucked and suck a dick and all that sort of stuff.
2: Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I'm so into that. Also, like, of course you wonder that, don't you? Get men wonder that. But wonder, men wonder what that feels absolutely.
1: like. Absolutely. I'm seeing a girl right now, and there's there's times when I'm just like, she is fucking me. It's it's my dick, but I'm like, yeah. she's fucking me, and I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Because that's that's really blurring that sort of male female stand. Like, I'm not just missionary railing it to her looking out, <laughs> looking out the window <laughs> at a tobacco factory
2: <laughs> <laughs> at a tobacco <laughs> factory you in raleigh you're in- i'm in raleigh yeah, north yeah. yeah absolutely um the, i <laughs> anna and i imagine you're on a slow freight train yeah. for some reason it's like one of those open car no they just the side, you guys jumped on there a yeah, bit
1: of just a little yeah, bit of hay yeah yeah yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. for her not for yeah. me
2: no 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 my right. knees
1: need no hay <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how bad of a man I am.
1: My knees need <laughs> no hay and then I just throw it up there. there not the, not looking at her though.
2: There is something kind of cool about um having sex with this with a person that has the same parts that you have. That's I think like a really I I do get jealous of like um heterosexual couples sometimes because you because you are born to fit together. Yeah. Like you you have the parts that um where you both feel awesome at the same time and right. uh I don't. Like, I don't usually have sex where everybody's feeling the same thing um, all right. the time. But, so that's... I, of course, it was, like, a huge... I'm like, oh, man, that'd be so amazing. Or, like, the idea that you could have a child, that you could, like... That that's right. how you could have your children. Right. is so amazing to me. And I do have some jealousy there. But then I think the other, like, gift of being able to be with somebody and be like, I know exactly how this feels for you is pretty cool. Yeah. It's, like, a really amazing... For
1: you. That, that yeah. sort of thing. I completely agree. I know what you're talking about. And uh, I used to have a joke about... Um... Something about that, like knowing how to give a hand job because I, I give a, I give a man a hand job every day most, <laughs> most days and I was like I know what to do yeah. and that that 's another thing that we 're at conflict with. I yeah. give a man a hand job it's right. my it 's my dick, but I am pleasing a man most days yes, so hard to reconcile people This is why people are coming up to you and saying, I want to punch you in the face, not just you, but anybody that's pushing. Any I know sort. it's really could be difficult. a straight comedian talking about this stuff. It could be uh, whatever,
2: but it, but I I do think it's different when it is me than when it's a straight comedian. I agree because I so, actually sometimes I see what you mean. I mean. Sometimes I don't want um, sometimes I don't want straight people to talk about it. Straight comics mm. because I because I feel like then the conversation goes to them and I, I we win I would, again. I would like to speak for myself, so yeah. I'm happy to like. Even though I, I don't complain about it that much, I'm happy to like field questions yeah, and to yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what it takes for people to be able to understand that what's going on, right? Because I do think that it's like sh- so shrouded. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much confusion, and that confusion is like carried over into health insurance. You know, like right. you're so confused about what I do in the bedroom that I can't get health insurance right, in right, some right. states. Like or that's ridiculous. Or visit yeah. in the hospital. So I, I feel like if if I can like shine a light and then. My like, kids can have a better life. I'm happy right. to do that.
1: The same, I had something about the same part thing. I ha- oh, the thing that Dan Savage says that I really uh, have learned to envy about the gay community, both men and, and women, is that it's not assumed what's going to happen, though. There are a lot of unfulfilled men and a lot of unfulfilled women. I'd have to think more women for yeah. some reason that maybe don't want to have vaginal sex. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? And they just get it. Because that's on the in-flight menu. Yes. It's like, would you like my dick in your pussy? I guess. You know what I know. mean? Because it's our I, wedding night and it's happening. I
2: feel awful for straight women most of the time. <laughs> I really do. I feel like straight women, come on, that can't, can't be good. I mean, now, some of this might be my total uh, disgust for the male body. Now, I love male bodies, but just, like, not on me. I understand. I want to look at them in a picture book. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh
1: Okay. No, I totally, I totally. I'm like, really?
2: I totally, no, I totally look at dudes' bodies, like on the internet and stuff, because okay. I'm fascinated. Because it's like so outside for me, it's like taboo. So I like, I'll look at like, like naked dudes, right. and I'm like, this is crazy. Right, right, right. But I would never go there. Um, but um... you feel
1: bad for straight women. You're saying it can't.
2: I feel bad for straight women because I don't know. I mean,
1: I'll tell you. I know what you're talking about. You you kind of are pulling a, a slot machine a little bit when you start. If you fall in love with somebody, I'm not saying you have to be in love with somebody to have sex. I'm just saying if you fall in love with somebody and then you start having sex, you really do hope for a couple of things. One is that they like vaginal intercourse. Yes. Two is that they can come from it. You really win if if your girlfriend
2: and that is like almost no women. It's very few. I mean, so the women that you, th- I mean, not, and I'm not talking about you specifically. No, no, no. The women that people think are that that's true for you know the number of women that that's they think actually it's 100%. true for. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's ninety. It is to 100%. ever approaching zero. It's but like then, not that many women.
1: I've known wonderful sexual women that were open. Not, I'm not. They're not. These aren't shy people. You know, they're comfortable with their bodies yeah. and stuff. That, uh, God damn it, we gave it a go. You know what I mean, like whatever we could do yeah. and nothing was happening and I was like that is frustrating
2: oh that is frustrating and also I think that you know another part of it is that women can't say that something's not working for them without that being offensive
1: because then Mr. Ole, oh, I had to achieve this erection how, right. dare, how dare you
2: I worked for this and now my I'm my achievement yeah exactly <laughs> and now I'm being shamed don't you it. say anything about
0: this trophy
1: well you're dealing with a with a coward pretending to be Hercules and he's he's going down on you or having sex with you in a way that you're just like this feels like watching laundry. Wash. Absolutely.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I'm just I, I don't know what to say because he can't. He can't I mean, it's tough. It.
2: It's tough across the board, right? When you're having sex with someone, to just be like, "Hey, can you?" Oh yeah. Because of course, like everybody's trying their best, but I do think that <laughs> everybody's giving everybody's their a material. Everybody's trying their best, but I do think that um, women are taught to want to make adjustments. It's like from the moment we read Cosmo, which is, like, when we're 10. Oh, yeah. It's like, how to do this and how to do that. So, like, then in the moment, if a guy's like, hey, can you do this this way? Then it's just like, oh, just more of this reading material I've been, yeah. you know, invested yeah, 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 yeah. in for the last 20 years. But, like, men never have that thing. They never get that thing where it's like...
0: Right. Swimsuit le- issue. Yeah, shoe.
2: learning how to... D- how to do it different. How to yeah, do it, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, adjust yeah. on the fly. It's right. just... It's just, uh, it's just going or it's not going. Right, right, right.
1: So, but you... So, maybe then... It's not – maybe you have two things going for you. One is the female sensibility, which you're saying – sounds to me like you're saying you kind of inherit it culturally. Yeah, that, abso- I
2: think it's absolutely like a cultural thing, thing that. that you're supposed to, you know, nurture and protect and understand and, and be like, hey, what do you need? Yeah, right. get notes.
1: Get notes. Exactly. And then the idea that uh, – this is Dan Savage's point – that gay people just – it's assumed that you'll communicate. Because yes. two men go to bed together, uh, you know, I know it's – a, a, a classic trope or whatever to be like, who's the top and who's the bottom. But like, that's just the beginning. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, who knows?
2: Well, I also think that sex is something that we had to, most gay people have had to become a little bit more comfortable with because sexuality and sex are not the same thing. But when you come out to somebody you are talking to that person about your sex life. Mm. And that person is a stranger or your parents <laughs> mm-hmm. or somebody on a plane. And it, like, I, honestly, I think it, part of the reason that I first started doing stand-up was because I was coming out in a very conservative Catholic family at a very conservative Catholic college. And I couldn't figure out how to tell – when you – you don't. hey, I think I look pretty fucking gay, but people don't assume it about you. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how – so you have to, like, come out. All the time. I mean, in casual conversations, mm. like you're getting a bagel and somebody's like, so who are you taking that bagel to? You don't like? I'm going to put that right on a dick or whatever it is. And you're like, <laughs> no, I have to. Like, it's just like you you either are lying by omission or you have to say what's really going on. And then the minute you say that, then that person knows about your sex life, right. which is is not what you're telling them, but right. it's where they automatically go. Right, so right, right. I think that you just have to be- develop this comfort with sexuality that involves sex that just right. straight people don't have to do.
1: Suddenly, you're telling your grandmother. Yes, I do that. I... We sleep
2: in one room.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's
2: an apartment, but it's a one bedroom apartment. Right, that's what it is. We're together. Yeah, and then
1: so nuts. You know, so the older I get, and I wonder how it'll be for you. The le- the the more pride I take in uh, completely stonewalling my parents on all the all the privacy of my life. Like I've only now just begun having boundaries and be like. They want to know uh, something about the girl I'm dating or whatever. And I'm just like, nope.
2: I love that. I'm (laughs) so happy for you. I've had a really hard time with myself. I'm so proud of you that that's just, I'm serious. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said it thinking
1: you would appreciate it.
2: Oh, massively. And you're younger than
1: I am. So I'm like, maybe it keeps getting better. Oh God, I
2: hope, I hope that it keeps, I mean, my, my, um, my parents are uh, very invested and that can be really good and that can also mean that like i've had to tell my dad to please stop googling me like many times <laughs> like we've had like this conversation of him googling me is like yeah because he because i'll tell him he'll be like okay and then he'll forget for a little while or like a little time will pass and then i'll get like an email that's like oh i saw this online i don't know if you want to correct them but it's like not the right you know yeah place you went to high school i'm like how did you find this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why are you Googling me? Right, right, right. Like, I don't I don't wanna no I don't wanna talk about this.
1: Yeah. And and, and lovingly go away.
2: Yeah. Stop stop it. Lovingly Just call go me. Away. If you'd like to talk.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah Just yeah. call me. I, I the girl that I'm seeing is uh, you know, shorter than I am. <laughs> I have a I'm, s- I'm
2: seeing a giant test. She's very I, tall. She's I eight I and a half feet. Joke tall. about that? I
1: said uh, every girl I've ever dated comes up to here, <laughs> and I'm like, I'd love to date a fuck off woman, just a giant. Right. And I put my arm up in the sky like I have it on her shoulder. But uh, I think my mom said something like, "Why do you always date small girls?" She, this is her sense of humor. She was like, "You like kids or something?" Like she's she was just
2: wow. Yes, love, very, love moms. Yeah. She's very brash, sassy. I
1: can't, I don't stand by that joke, but you have to understand that she's she doesn't mean that. She's just trying to kind of shock me or whatever. But there was a heart in there where she's like, "Why why why won't you date a tall girl?" You know what I mean? And I just go, "Mom, be quiet." And it felt so good. I love my mother. That's awesome. But there's some things where it's like, "None of your fucking business," because as somebody who got married a lot. For a lot of the reason was to please people. Yes. Please my family. Please this idea of Christianity and, and, the, and the world. I was like, I'm a, a straight shooter, and I married the dame I'm with. Yeah. And, I, and my mother loved it. And I remember at my wedding, she was like, "This is, you made the right decision. Because she knew she had to tell me, because it had a lot to do with pleasing her. Wow. So now, but then I got married, and then you realize you're with the person. And I had a good marriage, but I was like... That's your life. Yes. It's not theirs. You're with them 99.9999% of the time is you and them, not you, your mom and them. That's the holidays.
2: I feel like I'm I'm still working on that myself, which is, I mean, when I was coming out, that was like the first time in my life I ever disappointed my parents. I was a really good kid and I was, you know, good until I was 20. Like dated the captain of the football team, had straight A's. Like I did everything that you would ideally, like- ideal movie kid of, right. a, of a kid that was me and then when i realized like that the thing i was going to do to let them down was just an unavoidable thing that was really sad and also very freeing mm-hmm. um why but,
1: would they be disappointed religious oh yeah catholic yes
2: super catholic well they were they were i mean honestly really convinced that i was going to hell mm. But I also think there's another thing where Lesbian Hell or just general population. General pop. Yeah. So you're gonna be with some crazy people. You know, some awful, awful people down there. You like it's just women. Like Hitler. There's Hitler. Yeah, there's yeah, I me. Mean, because I was sleeping with uh young- Jack the Ripper. Yeah, exactly. Katie Lang. But that's but that's real. Like that's what was happening. That wasn't just their reaction. I had friends that reacted that way. I'm sorry. I mean, no, but also just like and I thought that too because yeah. I—that's where I grew yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just like, "Well, this is the worst thing I could ever do." Yep. And it, it, who does this? This affects nobody. Yeah. Like it affected me and the chick who's well, it affected her roommate because we were in college. So it was only you know it's a real roommate situation r- in the dorm. R- but But uh, so that that was kind of shitty for her. But yeah. other than that, who does this affect? I know. Um, I was awful, and I think I think also parents though. Mourn this idea that like their kids are gonna have a happy life. I think this is changing now a little bit, but I, the place I grew up, there were no gay people that I knew. And then I, when I came out, my parents didn't have any friends with gay kids. They now do. Some, some other friends have had kids that have come out. I was like literally this outlier where they were just like, well, now she has to move to the city and live alone and never, you know, be married and never have kids and never anything. Like my dad was adopted and. One time I was trying to talk to him about how I thought I might adopt, and he was like, nope, that won't happen. Like, you you can't adopt kids. I mean, this is a mm. man who was adopted
0: mm.
2: being, like, anti-adoption. Mm. So, I mean, it was – I just think they had no idea mm. what to expect from me.
1: But then that turned around. because The thing that came to mind was I remember – I actually think it's a pretty decent movie. It's on HBO from time to time. It's called The Family Stone and they have a gay son and uh Sarah, Je- Sarah Jessica Parker is the visiting girlfriend.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the gay son is. Who plays that guy? Anyway, anyway.
1: He's deaf and the he's his yeah. husband is black. Right. I know the I husband. Mean, I remember
2: the, anyway, keep going.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, she it's so inter- I had a really interesting thing because Sarah Jessica Parker in that movie says do you ever wish that he weren't gay right. just to make his life easier? Right. And the dad, played by coach, gets really mad and yes. like slams the table. And I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was like, I was Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, I completely understood where she was coming from. And now the more gay friends I have and more conversations like this I have, I'm like, oh, I understand why that's a hot topic.
2: I felt the same yeah. I that's how I thought I was yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker, saying it to myself. <laughs> like, keep it together, kid. You know, but I think another thing that people don't realize and especially parents or close you know, friends of somebody who's coming out is that like – so for that is like the worst moment of that parent's life for that kid because now they think this kid is different. And, and everything's going to be worse. But for that kid, they've been gay the whole time. So for them, it's the exact opposite experience where right. it's like, now finally I'm actually the, on the right side of this. Right. But I think even... And you've had so
1: much more time to deal with it and, and kind of make peace with it or whatever. But
2: I mean, even in that moment, I wasn't experiencing that for myself. I was going like, this is so awful. And mm-hmm. I wish, you know, like, I mean, I think, I think that's changing. Um, what do
1: you, you wish you could tell yourself something? Oh yeah,
2: I wish I could tell. Well, that's, I mean, that's part of the reason I talk about it so much on stage. I mean, yeah. first of all, it's just like, what else am I going to talk about? I just talk about my life. But also right. I know there's going to be people who are listening who this is pertinent to. I think a lot of standups assume there aren't gay people in the room, but I always assume that there are. Yeah. And I always assume that there's somebody who needs to hear that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Or like a parent or somebody who has a friend or, or you know, and it's also, I know that those are the people who are going to vote on my rights, but it's also just like, I know that you're worried. I know you're worried. You're worried about somebody, you know, you're worried about yourself and
1: right. it's going to be fine. So how did it, The question I think we talked about a little bit—you dated on the live one, which is fantastic. You dated the quarterback, and you never had sex, but you kind of used your religion as a as a closet.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just (laughs) didn't realize. Like, I thought that was totally what everybody was experiencing. It was super. Meaning,
1: like, not that into not into guys. I thought
2: all my friends felt the same way about their boyfriends that I did, and that all my friends felt the same way about me as I felt about them. Because I had very close female friendships. Oh. I also think it's confusing for women because women are allowed to like be close to each other in a way that men are not allowed to be. And a lot of gay women I know like didn't realize when they were kids because you can kind of just like be best friends and have sleepovers all the time. Right. And everybody's like, oh, they're just best friends. They have sleepovers all the time. Right. So I thought that's what everybody was experiencing. Like I had this best friend in high school and we would sleep in the same bed. She had... Seven older brothers and sisters. And when I would stay at her parents' house, all of those people had moved out. So it was, they had, she had a like huge house. They had seven empty bedrooms mm-hmm. and a guest bedroom. <laughs> and I would sleep in her bed with her because that's where I wanted to be. And her parent, I remember one time her mom being like, Do you want to sleep in one of the other bedrooms? And I was like, No, we're best friends. We sleep in this bedroom. We don't sleep in the eight other right. bedrooms. Yeah. And I like, we had a. How old? I think I was 16.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, about the age I stopped. When I was thirteen, I guess me, I had I had like a king bed as a, or a queen yeah. as a child, and I would I, me and my friends would just sleep on the same bed. We I mean, I think cuddle. this is up
2: through high school, you okay, know, like yeah, through high school into college, where I just thought and like, you're
1: cuddling because it's no, okay for not girls not necessarily
2: cuddling, but just like <laughs> it's, being physically close to each other. Yeah, and also like I would buy her presents and stuff like that. We had like songs, like. Shania Twain songs. Where it was like your song. I remember dancing to my boyfriend next to her dancing to her boyfriend, and me looking at her and being like, "This is our song." <laughs> While we're both dancing with our boyfriends, Aaron,
1: that's that's your like movie, man. That's yeah, so great. it's pretty.
2: That, it's pretty that's
1: great. What a good scene. It's pretty wild,
2: not yeah. knowing any of that stuff. I but had no idea.
1: But that that's the feeling of everybody's sexuality. Yes. Even as a, as a, a person growing up as a straight a straight boy, yes. I was like, I'm just assuming everybody's like having a really hard time not jerking off all the time, right? Right. Ah! <laughs> like just fucking freaking out. But just, you're so uncomfortable with the changes in Absolutely. your body that you do just assume everybody's feeling the same they, way. So why wouldn't yes. you just do that?
2: And also the fact that like, so, I mean, there's like some discomfort about what's happening with your body anyway. So you're not necessarily aware of the fact, like I was a swimmer in high school so I would be in like the locker room Mm -hmm. and there were definitely women that would just like get completely naked because you're either putting out like a swimsuit is a serious piece of equipment so I would be around all these like totally naked women and just be like I remember very strongly averting my eyes or just like looking them directly in the eyes or just being like this is nuts but I, yeah. but not being aware of why I thought it was nuts because just the fact that I had a body was crazy to me as right, well right, like right, just, right. you're like I have boobs she has but like nobody you're not necessarily right. identifying what's what's happening for you yeah. about why this is strange to you God so it
1: is how I've always hoped
2: <laughs> Uh, it's exactly like that I was totally behind <laughs> enemy lines for sure like it was like the movie Porky's except the whole, I was inside. Oh, of the-
1: and no one cared. And no
2: one cared. No one ever chased yep, you away. No, they're talking to me. So imagine, now imagine your hormones are raging. They're talking to they're you? And they're trying to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And like their leg is up on the bench. Yeah. I was going like, <laughs> I was going like, please put your leg down. Please put it down. I'm trying to take you seriously. What are you going to prom with? Oh my god,
1: that is funny. <laughs> so you—that's high school. And then when—when when did you uh, tell change your parents' lives?
2: <laughs> well, so I went to college and I—I I broke up with that boyfriend, but I was like dating a couple other guys and.
1: Still no sex though. I, um, I, I know that's a personal question. It's not because I ha- I ha- I'm not assuming. I assume everybody is open about. Who, no, we can who talk about
2: thought. it. Um, actually, my well, my, it's a crazy. I have a crazy story. I
1: want a crazy story. Okay, this is, it's a
2: crazy story. <laughs> so I mean, I have, I have, uh, I have had sex with men. Like very, very, in, like maybe one and a half times. Uh huh. Um, honestly, half. I'm not kidding. We called it the three-fifths compromise. We were into history at the time. I'm not kidding. (laughs) because it was discussed? Because, like, we weren't sure if it had happened. Because it, like, because I was like, because it half happened. And then I was like, I I, I still think I want to, I don't know. My point is, (laughs) this is what I'm working with. Like, I, like, it was not, not a lot of times. Three-fifths compromise. The three-fifths (laughs) compromise. This is how this is how straight people have sex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, just like it's like a history lesson about slavery? Okay, yeah. Uh I thought that's what straight people did. Um I so I just was like I would always le I would always leave. I was dating these guys and I had this thing that I would do in college where I would just disappear from parties and i was also kind of wild so i'd always be wearing like a costume i was i always went to parties in costumes with <laughs> sunglasses on and i would just like be at the party for a while make out with whoever i was dating there and there was like i was dating multiple guys at the same time and then i would be out and my friends would just like you're the coolest i was the coolest <laughs> That's slash, the, slash coolest. the most confused I mean, my friends all thought they still all my college friends still think I am the craziest party animal they've ever met. Yeah, because I was just trying to get out of having sex with men. Because I was just like, if I drink all this, do I not have to have sex? If I leave in a coconut bra, do I not have to have sex? If I don't come home for three days, do I not have to have sex? Like, I was like crazy. All my friends thought I was crazy. Crazy. Um,
1: that is so funny.
2: Yes, so they all thought I was the most wild one, and I was uh, really, really wild. So they didn't start. So I went. I um, I went to the school where something that was really good to do was to go on these solidarity trips. So you would go and spend time in third world countries, living with like people that were in poverty, and as college students with no discernible skills this was supposed to be something that was like nice of us to do like we didn't we didn't talk to them about it wasn't like missionary work like we weren't talking to them with the bible but it was definitely because of religion yeah so we were like we'll just go down there and we'll like build a, a like useless structure <laughs> i mean
0: we are i was a theology major
2: like this is not I didn't, I didn't and then like
1: yeah you don't know how to use yeah, i don't know or... how. To, this
2: is not no, no, this was not nice. But this is what I did. Many, I went, did a bunch <laughs> it's of this. Such stuff. a funny thought. The yeah. second
1: all the college kids take off, they just knock down yeah, exactly. the shed. For I couldn't tell rough. them to
2: their faces. I like the. I like to imagine the people in inner city Kingston, Jamaica, just being like, "Those kids were nice, but Jesus, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't break it to them."
1: These were more useful yeah. as loose bricks. <laughs> I mean. Michael, you use the loose brick for uh, a doorstop, right? Yeah.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> at least that served
2: a purpose. <laughs> so I went on this trip. That's that One of the trips that I took was to inner city Kingston, Jamaica. And we did a lot of work with this one specific group of nuns there that is the same um, the same that Mother Teresa was part of this order. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Sisters of Charity, they do like tons of stuff with. So I went to like a leper colony. and Oh, uh, wow home for abandoned children that are HIV positive and all these different, like, very emotional and intense places. And there was a woman with me on the trip that I thought we were bonding because of all the stuff that we were going through. And we were, but I was just like, she's really cool. Like, I really like her. She's super cool. Yeah. So we developed, like, this very intense friendship. And then the end of the uh, trip... Is a three day silent retreat where we like can't, nobody says any words. And of course, she's like playing with my hair like friends do. I'm like, this is how friends are. We go back to. On the silent retreat? Yeah, we're not talking. Just longing just behind the eyes with my hair. Like, imagine. I was like laying I in can. her lap. this is like an yeah. erotic novel. Yeah, no, it, it's, yes, it is an erotic novel. <laughs> That's yes. good. Yes. This is good <laughs> yes, stuff. <laughs> it's very good stuff. So she's like playing with my hair. uh We, we go back to campus. And um, I was supposed to leave the next day to go meet my family um, because I was going on vacation with them. And so I was in town for like one night and that woman and I bought a bottle of yellowtail wine you know, like that really cheap wine. And we bought, there's like a mega bottle yeah, yeah, you can yeah. buy that's like seven bottles. Yeah, 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 We bought that and we split it. And we just talked about like the experience that we had and how bonded we were. And we were, got hand boned because we split like, you know, it's like yeah. 17 bottles of wine. And then we went to these, <laughs> these these parties where these guys were that I was dating. I And I went to a couple different parties with her. She came with me. And I kissed the guys that I was dating at all of these parties. So I had kissed two guys that I was dating. And yeah. like, but just like left the party like goodbye and then like ran out of the, the the place and then when we got back to my room this woman and i i don't know exactly caught in a warm how it rain. happened we were caught in a warm rain no, no, we were just in our room and uh like something happened for me i think it was like you know the alcohol and also the experience and everything i like totally smooched her we made out super hardcore and i was just like oh this is Uh, Something different than I've ever experienced. your first guess. And then my roommate walked in and I pushed her back. I pushed this woman backwards away from me and she flipped over it. couch and landed on the floor so when my roommates come in again they're just like cameron is nuts like because there's just like a woman laid out on the floor i'm wearing a costume they're like where were you I'm at? like 17 parties i kissed everybody like so the next morning i wake up what costume up. were you wearing i don't remember what i was wearing but like probably a gi i wore a karate gi a lot <laughs> one time my parents friends you pushed a woman in a <laughs> gi. Yes. One of them, my parents' friends reported yeah. back to them that they had seen me on campus at BC. They were like, We were out at Boston College, go see a football game. We saw Cameron there. I guess she's really into karate. Like, my oh parents my got God. secondhand knowledge of the fact that I was really into karate. But my point is, I was probably so wearing a gi.
1: funny. Um, so it was easy and breathable to push. Yeah, push exactly. Your, yes. love, your yeah. loved one.
2: So uh, I, woke, I, I walked her back to her dorm and I woke up the next morning and I had. Wait, bro- she was okay. She was okay. She she was okay. She wasn't hurt. Did she I, laugh or she was she She laughed. Like... like it was like no, actually, I think we both cried really hard, honestly. But it wasn't like just because we were like, "What's happening? Like, I feel a lot for you. I don't know what's going on. I feel yeah. really weird about this." Um, but I walked her back to her her dorm room, and I went back to my room and I went to bed, and I was just like, you know, completely shaken up, and I had like harmed somebody, and I like all uh and I did, I couldn't tell him, my roommates. I didn't think so. I went to bed and I woke up in the morning and I was about to get on a flight to go meet my family. And I had on the side of my face like this really itchy circle of red bumps because I didn't realize that I had contracted facial ringworm oh, right. when I was in Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah, And uh, it grows in like a perfect circle on your face, which is the most disturbing thing that can happen to you when you're like a little gay kid who's also a catholic and really christian who wakes up the morning after first, kissing a woman yeah. for the first time is i was like absolutely yeah this is a punishment from god yeah i'm oh. certain that it is <laughs> also i have to go see my parents with this like mark of the devil yeah on me. oh my god and i also had to call three people and tell them because turns out ringworm is really contagious Oh yeah! Oh
1: yeah! So tell her, I and had to tell her
2: and the guys.
1: Did anyone get it? No one did, huh. which is great. It is we were great. in a really
2: small social circle. Oh my! God. And that would have been very strange. Would be a
1: better movie moment yeah. if they all if are they like, all "Hey, it. where'd you get?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. yeah.
2: And then that's how it comes out. Holy
1: shit! That's, that's my that's my
2: first kiss story.
1: And then when were you like? That's it. I felt it. I've touched the face of God and got ringworm from it.
2: Um, it was a couple months later. I went home for summer break and I told my folks what was going on. Actually, they asked me because I was clearly like losing it. I mean, I was just like crying all the time and I wasn't, Doing okay. I mean, I is a stormtrooper, yeah, just weeping. What kidding. is wrong with camera? <laughs> I was crying all the time, and I was getting packages from that woman because we were dating by that point, and they were like, "Oh, so she, something going on with you?" That was my was first, that, that her first kiss? Yes, and first lady kiss. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she, she's a lesbian as well. We that was we that was my first girlfriend. I dated her for like three years. Shut the fuck! But I also didn't date just her. I dated men for a while in that period as well. Oh,
1: during okay,
2: yeah, because I didn't understand. That like you should have sexual feelings for the person that you're with.
1: Yeah, you're like he's a good chump. Yeah, I like him. We yeah, hang yeah, out. Yeah. We talk
2: about movies. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so it was pretty. But uh, I told I came out to my parents, and they didn't want me to go back to college. They wanted me to not go to school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they instead wanted me to go to therapy.
1: Like pray the gay away.
2: Well, I think at I think now looking back on it, probably. That's not what they meant, but uh, that's definitely how I interpreted it at the time. Because they just took me to like a regular therapist. Yeah. But they came with me. So I think I thought that like it was kind of a sit down. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's figure out how to make this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's so crazy. Everybody. So you have your sexuality. Again, probably not a new thought. But then to be told that like you need therapy for it, it's so weird. And to be pushed. And you're
2: sitting between an- your parents, uh, and there's like a therapist with like a, a beautiful white haircut. You know, she's like an older woman. <laughs> <laughs> like she looks like a woman Jodie Foster would play now. You know, just very serious, or like a Meryl Streep character.
1: Uh-huh. Kind of like a futuristic therapist. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> very from the future, silvery hair. And you're trying to talk about... I mean, it was awful.
1: Yeah. But like, it worked... It took
2: years. It took
1: years. For them to... Uh,
2: for them to lay understand down I mean, arms. I just didn't live... I didn't just, just didn't live in Chicago for a bunch of years. I lived in Boston, and I, like, worked it out there. Yeah. And we just had a really strange relationship, and then I moved uh, back home to Chicago, and I started doing stand-up in Chicago, and I started coming out on stage, and then...
1: It helps everything.
2: Yeah, actually, it did. I mean, because I, I, I did improv before that. And yeah. I actually think that's part of it, too. Where, uh-huh. like, for a long time, I was just trapped in, like, being characters. Yeah. Being, like, another thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then I got to finally speak for myself.
1: I just mean that whatever it is that you're dealing with, having an art that forces you to talk Absolutely. about it. The reason, why, even the, as candidates, as we're being, we're both being on this podcast, is because that's what we do. We get on stage and we, yeah. we've conditioned ourselves to speak truly.
2: Absolutely. Helps
1: everything. That it's it's so a happy.
2: lifesaver, I think. For me, I don't think I would be um, uh, as adjusted right. to my own life. I don't think I would be as proud of myself, and I don't think I would have as many fr- great social interactions. I'm kind of shy, and I think like <laughs> the woman dressed like Betty yeah. Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. I mean, again, no, I get you want You know, the best way, best cure for shyness is to be the only one in the party that's in a wacky costume yeah then you have something great to talk about
1: that's true yeah. very so. interesting so tell me about you you're engaged
2: i'm engaged yeah
1: uh, do you w- mind talking about that no i love we love we about love it. talking about love and who's right for yeah. the weird people that we are
2: right um i'm engaged to another comic uh, oh, she, i didn't know that yeah if, if you met ria i have so she's great she's a comic um and we uh met that way we met doing stand-up which is yeah. also really amazing i actually was there i've I used to, she started in a room I used to run in Chicago. So I was there the first time she ever did stand-up, which no is way. such a wild gift. Isn't yeah. that like an amazing yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 And she was great right away, which mm-hmm. is really wild too. Like, you know, nobody is. But right. I remember the first time that she went up and I was just like, who is this woman? Like, how did she wow. do this? And wow. uh, so then I used, to, I used to take her to open for me on the road. That's the best. And because I just thought she was like, I was just like, she's like really... Anyway, my point is I'm always pretty quick on the uptake. I was just like, she's like pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I we were both dating other people. And um, I never thought about it. I just like never crossed my mind. But um, when those relationships ended, she like asked me out. And I realized that I actually liked her mm. as a person. And I know this is going to sound... God, I hope none of my ex-girlfriends are listening to this. Um... <laughs> I usually dated people, like, attraction first,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not, like, personality first. Because mm-hmm. Ria and I were friends for a really long time when we were dating other people. And that was a very different way of getting into a relationship. I would never done that before. Have you done that?
1: Been friends with somebody and then like, dated them? Like, for a
2: while. Like, been, like, thought they were so cool and no. then dated them. No. I had never done it. Yeah. And it made a huge difference. Um, because I think something I always went after were like, I really liked complicated women and I really liked kind of unattainable women. To women. Because I... Yeah. (laughs) Yes! Hit it. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but think of like the most, you know, like Manic Pixie Dream Girl type women. Okay. I liked just like really complicated um, and so very interesting and cool people but also like, I think part of the reason I liked that is because it was all about like the kind of challenge of like winning that person's affection mm,
1: mm-hmm. like a bad audience
2: yeah exactly
1: or a loud costume yeah party. It gives exactly you so- it gives you something to work on yeah
2: and i mean especially i think if you're somebody who realized who they were later then like that ultimate challenge it's like oh i'm not just gonna be gay i'm gonna date like the hottest girl in here and like the men are gonna think she's hot mm-hmm. like i always went after really girly women too uh-huh. very feminine women because i think there was a part of me that like wanted that amount of um affirmation from guys how long do
1: you think we've been talking i don't know how long were you
2: talking it's been an hour and 20 minutes you're kidding me oh do we need to stop talking
1: no 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 we usually go about two hours but jesus it, christ i thought it'd be i really how
2: long do you think it had been three hours one hour two, i would 10 minutes
1: i honestly would have guessed about 40 minutes wow 45 minutes
2: wow okay um, I honestly, you could have told me anything, and I'd be like, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we've been Just talking lost... for three days. <laughs> we've slept here. Yeah, yeah, it's been a
1: weird thing, because yeah. there's seven other bedrooms.
2: <laughs> we slept here. Yeah,
1: yeah, we in stayed in the, in the dog part. that dog farted?
2: Yeah, dog has been farting.
1: I'm telling you, you have that Chicago brain. Yeah. We riff the same way. We all Absolutely. riff in a Chicago Absolutely. style. We go, What's been said? How do we use it?
0: I take
2: that as such a huge compliment though, actually I meant also I because it, you said so it about yeah. T J and I don't think I, I don't know if I said that to you at the time, but um something that doesn't happen a lot when you're a woman is that people don't compare you to male stand ups. Oh people yeah. People tell me all the time how much I'm like Tig or Ellen and yeah. I am not like either of those people, <laughs> uh, except for in one way. There's one like pretty big way that I'm not like this <laughs> hey, and I I love their stand up. Like I think actually think Ellen is a genius. I think yeah. Tig is a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Tig is um dry and yeah. slow right. and Ellen is like um this is what's what's up yeah, with this yeah, way yeah. Of th-? like yeah, yeah. I am personal and loud if like right. if somebody says to me like you remind me of Kyle Kinane, I'm like no exactly. TJ Miller? Yes. That's he's one of my heroes. Of course. Yeah. 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 You
1: you really but I I just put it in Chicago. Kyle TJ all, yeah. of, all all, of us. I'm happy yeah. to include myself yes. in that Yes,
2: I, I think we have a lot in common There's as, a way, and comics. you
1: studied improv, Yeah, and we all studied improv. I don't think Kyle studied improv, but maybe he did. I don't know why I'm excluding him. I just don't, I can't see him.
2: But no, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm in a Trader Joe's.
2: Yes, and I had a hat on. <laughs> um, but.
1: You were talking about dating feminine women, but Oh, I, I was
2: dating feminine women.
1: Well, we were also, you can talk about comedy. I'd love to hear more of well, that.
2: Well, we can get back to that in a second, but we, sure. we can also finish so, yeah, 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 so I just, I met. I met Rhea, and I just thought she was, like, smarter than me.
1: Mm. Interesting.
2: About a lot of things. Um, I also think I'm really smart. I'm very, like, arrogant about my brain. I,
1: I've been enjoying how gre- how much you've greenlit your own self-love. I really have. <laughs> this whole time, you called yourself cute in the first five <laughs> minutes of this podcast. Hey,
2: man, we know ourselves, no, right? No, it's
1: great. I really think it's great. I think that's one of the things that h- stops me from really getting to know somebody is I'm like, oh, they haven't taken the time to know themselves. I know that sounds cliche, but I'm like, uh, it's a different frequency when you're like, you already know you're beautiful or you already know you're funny. You already know those things. You don't need me to tick boxes for you. We can both just pole vault over that shit and just be yes. in a space together. You know
2: what else is so funny about this is that I'm actually thinking about it in terms of comedy hmm. where like I think about how you know, often people ask you like, "What kind of comic are you?" And you right. like have to you <laughs> have to figure out like how to sell yourself. Right, right, right. right. So I feel like that's also another reason. Why I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like cute. I'm small. I'm like, yeah. well, I weigh this much. Here's that's my exactly haircut. Right. Like, because it's like you have to talk triangulate like co- yourself, like a commodity. Yeah. When
1: we were when I was doing my talk show, I would be like very aware of the character of it. Yeah. Not to say that I was playing a character, but you're like it's silly, safe, yes. uh, wacky, uh, friendly. Yeah. You know, we we had a board with my attributes. Absolutely. On it, with on note cards. Right. And we we're like, this fits five or seven.
2: Yeah, beautiful eyes. Like you're just <laughs> you're <know, laughs> categorizing your eyes. <laughs>
1: Horny. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: uh, was one but, of them. Uh, but
2: I think I think that is something that comics have to do you have to be you able to do. figure out what's going on because, with you. And I think that uh, and how, especially also how people perceive you. Absolutely. Because when you come out on stage, and I and I don't mean like you don't have to address it, be like you know as you, well. Yeah, but you're uh, wondering. I look like, yeah. yeah, it's blah, blah, I'm this person, slap, that blah, blah, person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, but, uh, but I do think beginning. it matters. Mm-hmm if you know how people see you. Nothing is more disturbing than watching... Like an attractive come out, comic come out and be like, Yeah. Look at me, I'm gr gross. Because the, then right. the whole audience is in their heads you just it. going like, you No. It. And then the second anybody's thinking about anything, you've ruined the machine of right. stand up comedy. Because it's not like a I think about like a little sausage machine, where it's like you're putting the meat in and it's like grinding out a little <laughs> yeah, yeah, sausage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a really disgusting way to think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. about it, but that's but how very I think Chicago. About it. Yeah. <laughs> very Chicago. <laughs> so like if you if you put somebody in their head and they're thinking about like, no, she said she's this and she's that. Right,
1: right, and, right. There was a Chicago comic Nathan Trenholm. Did you know Nathan Trentholm? No. I think he was before your time. He his premium blend, he went on stage and stood there for like thirty seconds just looking small and sour, which is what he was, and it got such good laughs, just standing oh, that's there. That's awesome. Just letting them soak how he looked in. You that's know what I mean? Awesome. And then he talked about being short, uh, something with glasses. I forget what it was, short something with glasses. And then like that's why we see so many people going like I know you look like this and this yeah. is because you need to address how you're coming off. Absolutely. But then more so you need that essence thing. And it's and it's way more than white male uh, female lesbian or whatever you want to mm-hmm. do female lesbian. Female I mean.
2: lesbian, yeah. <laughs> that's a good I album mean, male title. lesbian that's you. Female lesbian. That is
1: good. but that idea of finding a way, I've said this many times but I love getting it out there for comics, is you need to find a way to really what is your lens? And mine is You know, I look like a youth pastor who's doing stand-up for some reason. You know what I mean? And that gets a laugh because it's so true. And you're like, right. Right, absolutely. Ah, friendly guy saying sometimes dirty things. Exactly, and right. then you
2: can say dirty things, and then especially because then, then once you've done that, then people are like look at this. Then you've added you're... that whole other layer where they're like, "I can't believe it."
1: Cute, and you you got energy and all that sort of stuff, but like safe and fun yeah. and silly too. Very very safe. Again, that's that TJ thing. But you thing. know
2: what I also think is something that I'm experimenting with a lot is um, on stage now. I really try and talk about how attractive i think i am that's great and the reason i do that is because another thing people do sometimes when you're a lesbian is they try to like unsex you Mm. that's another thing where it's like it's either like you're like oversexed where it's like a guy trying to buy you a drink after a show when you're just like i just performed like i don't know it's no no not any of this but also or like a bachelor being like oh like let's do it tonight like just like that kind of stuff right Or then it's just, like, you're not sexual at all. Right. So I I like to really, and especially because, like, um, because I do have a lot of masculine energy. And another thing that has happened to me is that men have told me on stage, I had a guy scream at me, like, then I have a great. I have a whole joke about this that I love right now, where I like walked out, and this happened when I was opening for Anthony Jessel. I used to, mm-hmm. like wrote open for him in these. It's big Funny theaters. when you said I'm
1: talking about being better looking. I'm like, oh, you're Jessel nicking.
2: <laughs> well,
1: just like owning, but I do yeah. it too. I Jessel nick in my act. I go like, yeah. that's my favorite joke. That's yeah. a fantastic joke. You know, he, I, I learned that.
2: I think that as that actually is a really beautiful thing that he does. I really like yeah. watching him do it. People love it, and I also certainty. think yes, it is the certainty. And I think watching him do that, and then. Well, So, I, as I walked out, I'm opening for him. I can't remember what city I'm in. Boston, I think. So, there, people are actually... It's like kind of a rough crowd. There's been a baseball game that day. Everybody's hammered. Big theater. And I come out and I do a half hour. And I'm unannounced, right? Like, I'm not... Nobody knows they're there to see me. They think they're right. there to see him. And eventually, in the tour, he ended up having to, like... Not having to. We chose for him to do like a God mic introduction for me so yeah. that people would know that I was there with him. Right. So, so that they could.
1: I completely. So that it. I
2: could start on the same page. Cause right. then, cause I'm happy to walk out and like work as hard as I need to for an audience. But sometimes the audience would get mad at me cause they thought I was delaying their opportunity to see Anthony. Get to it, sweetheart. and I just wanted to be like, that's not what's happening. Like, he's going to do better if you can be here with me. So then that's what we ended up doing. But in this one particular show, I walked out and a guy yelled like, you look like a woman that doesn't sleep with men. And he yelled that at me. Um... Like he was insulting me. Like this tone of voice yeah. was like, like, was just like, you look like a fucking lesbian. Uh, and I, in Boston, the funny this thing is, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Right. In Boston, what? Like a sports crowd in Boston? That's crazy. <laughs> but what's wild about that is that I realized that that is something people think is an insult
0: mm-hmm.
2: to look like a gay woman is an insult, like to right. be a gay woman that looks gay is insulting. Right. And that is not insulting. That's right. exactly how I want to look. I want to look like a gay woman. I'm also like women like the way that I look. I, I get hit on all the time and right. I want to talk about those things on stage right. so that people can know that like it's like this is OK.
1: Fat guys in who farted T-shirts get offered more cookies per capita yeah. than any other group. Right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. This works. And so I want want to tell people that it works because I think that is very challenging and also that's something that a lot of people don't hear. Right. Like, a lot of people don't hear... I mean, just speaking of, like, Ellen DeGeneres, I mean, she's very unsexed. She's, like, middle of the day, you know, talking about her wife, her mom's there, but, like, tons of lesbians... She is a fantasy to tons of lesbians. So I think, like, assuming that just because she's not what you think is attractive, that she's unattractive is is really incorrect. And so right. I, I like to talk about that. I think
0: that.
1: I, Right. Yeah.
2: I mean, she is beautiful. But yeah. I just think like if people were like, hey, who... Uh, I understand. Like it's a coup that she is, has a cover girl contract right now. It's not... Oh, yeah, Nobody's yeah, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes sense. Everybody's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's fucking great. You know, yeah, so yeah, like... Yeah. And I, I would say that it's also been very interesting to be with Rhea. Because Rhea um, is like, you know, uh, 20 degrees more masculine-looking than I am, but she also reads really differently because I have very, like, kind of aggressive energy. She has very cool, calm energy.
1: It's so interesting. Having only met her a couple times, I know what you mean. We
2: get really different responses because, like, um, men are really fascinated by her Hmm. in a way that, like, they're not necessarily fascinated by me. I think because of my personality, men think they can sleep with me or, like, want to sleep with me in, like, this very kind of... You're a girl way. Mm-hmm. And I think Rhea like, sets off guys' fantasy for being with another man, if that makes any sense. Because mm. guys flirt with her all the time, too, but they flirt with her really differently. Like, like, like she's a cute boy. <laughs> it's very interesting. And if you don't think men flirt with cute boys, it's, it's awesome. It's like kind of rad to see. Right. It's wait, really wait, rad to see. Wait.
1: I, Women flirt wa- with
2: her less. Women flirt with me more. Yes. And she gets a lot of men flirting with her.
1: Straight men, gay men, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just men.
2: Yeah, men are like fascinated by her haircut. Yeah, and the fact because she has like a a pompadour that's very like she looks very James Dean. Yeah, and I think men kind of want to be her. Yeah, or they want to be with her. Like they're like right. they're like she's a woman, but I'd like to look like that. So well, it's, it's like a very interesting yeah. thing.
1: It's the way that we obsess about James Dean, like yeah. you said. That yeah. I mean, she somewhat looks like James Dean. She's got the hair of James Dean. Yeah. And that sort of thing. So like, yeah guys should like it's, it's like it's like looking so like so interesting babe ruth in whatever the fuck time babe the 30s <laughs> yeah
2: it is no guys are like what is this i didn't know this was an option
1: yeah yeah, yeah. well that's another one of those confusing feelings is guys want to look like attractive guys and they feel like they can look good but then that can get confusing to right to them. how are
2: you supposed to deal with that right
1: oh i think i look good right now yeah you know what i mean <laughs>
2: It's really funny to watch like her talk to men about shoes or something like that. Yeah, because like she'll wear this, she wears she um, wears like red wing boots. Yeah, and a lot of male comics do, and so they'll have like a shoes conversation, but yeah. it's kind of like there's a little flirty energy going on.
1: So funny. Yeah,
2: they're and like you... they're just like oh boots. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like definitely happening. It's people, I love it.
1: people want to know what's going on.
2: Yeah, people want to know what's going on.
1: People see. People who people should see people who are different from them as probes that you can send to an alien planet (laughs) and be like, what do I what do I get from this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of being afraid of an alien planet.
2: No, it's public
1: enemy fear of an alien planet. That's right.
2: I'm the Mars rover, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, send a rover over to your girlfriend
1: and be like, You like boots, I like boots. (laughs) How else are we similar? (laughs)
2: Absolutely.
1: Really cool.
2: So it's cool to be with her and and see what how people interact with us now that neither of us has like a, I mean, there's, there's zero dresses in our house. We have a zero dress household, no dress policy. Yeah. We have a no dress household. We have a no dress. We have a no purse household. I might have a pair of heels, They're costume. they I feel costume. like
1: you might be missing out. I feel like, I feel like a dress has to be pretty breezy and nice to wear in the summertime.
2: Yeah. I, it just doesn't feel, I, I've, I've always tried to figure out like what to do to make, you're talking to a man who does, I don't, wear sh- I don't wear
1: shorts. You know what I mean? So I get it.
2: So what do you, I mean, but like, okay, yeah, so why don't you wear shorts? What what happens for you when you wear shorts?
1: Uh, I think, it's not that I think my legs are ugly. I just don't want to see dude legs. I think they're gross.
2: So you look down, you're like, oh, no. Not like, really. I just, own dude legs.
1: I shouldn't have started there. No, I'm I so, just, this is awesome. I was just picturing it and I was like, I don't think it's great. Guys walking around, knobby knees and calves. And they stand on their tiptoes, and you see the cab like shift up. I'm just that's like, that's so interesting because I, I
2: think men have great legs.
1: Mm. I'm thinking of Carl Hess right now, and I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't, don't want to see his legs. You know, he's a thin man. I
2: know. I, I mean, he's got.
1: But really, what it is is, I feel like a, I feel like a. Little... If anything,
2: I like absolutely objectify his legs, <laughs> which is great. I love that this is the reaction we have to this. But keep going.
1: <laughs> the main problem I have is you. I feel like a little boy. Like oh, I, and you want to be a man, yeah? And I want to be a man. And even my father wears shorts. I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. it looks ridiculous. Old men in shorts, ridiculous. UPS drivers in shorts, ridiculous. Do you ridiculous. do you feel like
2: a man? Like when you walk around, do you feel like a little boy, or do you feel like you're struggling? To
1: Where be am I? <laughs> 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 Where am I? And what happened? Uh, Did I just get off stage? Yes. You feel like a little
2: boy when you get off stage? No, I feel like a man. Man. Okay, you feel like a man. And I feel like a man most yeah. of the
1: time, but if I go to my parents' house, it's time travel. Sure. You're a little boy again. Less and less. What about
2: like on a date? Do you feel like a little boy, or do you feel like a man?
1: No, I feel like a man. I feel like a man most of the time. And now I understand what people are talking about. It's just like a grown-up, I guess, mm-hmm. is a good way to put it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm grown. And sometimes wearing long pants helps me get that 0.5% just over the line where sure. I'm like, oh, I look down. I'm a grown man.
2: Because you know what's another interesting thing about our job is that – we don't hit the same markers for understanding our age mm. that oh, and yeah. adulthood that like a lot of people or that normative like society does. You stuff. know, like we don't have promotions, we don't right. have a boss and then we become the boss and we right. don't like get insurance and then get better insurance. And right, right, right. a lot of people that we know are Parking not married spots. or don't have kids right. or they'll do that later.
1: The majority of houses. The people we know. Like yeah, the fact yeah, yeah. that most people we know don't will, have houses. will not buy a house right.
2: um and we're right in that age age range where that is so sometimes i feel like there can be a little bit of confusion about whether or not like most people we know are, are adults or kids because so what do we cling to it's Like I, those for markers. me it's pants yeah you you're like i've got these i bought these things <laughs> shoes too yeah i would talk to not
1: just your girlfriend uh, yeah. anybody about, about shoes like yeah. uh if you wear like a nice pair of shoes you're kind of like i'm a fucking man today i love that it's so stupid but no
2: it's but stupid. i think that matters i think maybe maybe the Maybe the skirts... Maybe the dresses thing is part of that as well for me. Yeah. I, I think it's a couple different things. I think it's a gender expression thing where, like, I have a very strange... Not... Um, but dichotomous gender expression. Like, sometimes when people laugh about my haircut, I'm like... you Or, like, talk to me about it. I... It's so funny how actually serious I am about this haircut because, like, it's, like, short on one <laughs> side and long on the other. And that's exactly how I feel because I right. feel very, very masculine inside. Like, I think I have, like, a very Don Draper kind of attitude. <laughs> like, the way that I flirt with women is, like, by leaning away from women ah,
1: in, like, a bar. you dog. Like, like,
2: people have stopped me and been like, your body language is hilarious when you flirt because it's very, like... Like, oh, come in, like come into my office. Like it's uh, very like holding away. That's whiskey. what Donnie
1: Drapes does. Yeah. I'm very, when he that. fires that girl, he's sitting yeah. back. It's one it's of It's
2: very best leaning scenes. back. That's that's mm-hmm, the thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I also have like a very feminine body because I have like a lot of curves um right. and like pretty big boobs, things uh that I think like if you imagine somebody that has that going right. on with the gender inside. So I like yeah. I think i I could look like I have, like, a Joan body. Yeah. Like, I really do. I could, you know, be rocking, like, a dress in a serious way. Right. But it would feel weird because it's, like, too much that.
1: Right. You it's know this, what I mean? We're doing the same thing, though. Exactly. It's, it's the 0.5% that yeah. your pants take you over the line.
2: Yeah, exactly. If <laughs> the I line wear, that you
1: want to be over. And if,
2: I wear, like, the same outfit every day. I mean, I have, like, the same T-shirt and... in. in I have twenty of the same t-shirt and like, yeah. ten of the same pants. I'm not actually exaggerating. I wear the same outfit every day. Oh my god! And a jean jacket. You're like Jason Manzoukas. Yeah, I mean, I just because it's like this makes sense to me. That's I so like funny. figured out how I wanted to present my world, myself to the world, and it's like I want to be wearing black pants and like a tight navy blue t-shirt. I want right. to have like a jean jacket on because it, it. It's it so feels, funny. Can I? Yeah, no. Let's talk. Mulaney
1: about Mulaney had this great bit. He never did it. It was just something he said to me. He was like, and people have maybe heard me say this on the show before, is that gay people being knowing what they like is one of the reasons why they, like, know good restaurants or good clothes. Not even good clothes, but you just being like, I found the outfit that I like and being more decisive might be a pattern established by being a young person. That's and like pretty having interesting. To, it's just a
0: theory. No,
2: I, I like it. I also think that, you know, the things that are available to women, especially adult women, it's just not that there, – there aren't that many clothing right. items. Right, right. That I mean, like everything that's in right now is like flowy. In I don't, what, is that, I that's not even a thing kids say. Uh, <laughs> everything that is in stores when I go shopping, it you is just like,
1: forgot to said stores. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> stores. Yeah, everything that's in stores.
2: Yeah, everything that's in stores is impossible. Yeah, for me to figure out how to wear. It's like a floaty top. Right, and that is I'm. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that?
1: As a giant man, I know what you're talking about.
2: I just want to get a bunch of tailored <laughs> vests. They don't make them in my size. It's really it's really hard to figure out how to dress. I have to buy this one certain type of button down that they sell at Urban Outfitters. Uh-huh. If I tuck it into my pants, then it looks like very form fitting. Yeah, but it's also, it also doesn't have darts because a lot of women's shirts have darts, and then I feel like What's I look like um, it's like the things that gather your shirt under your under your like oh, breasts sewed and then in? go down to yeah exactly. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like what makes. But if I wear that, I just look like I'm like a business lady. Like it's like like I I just can go so quickly to the like a like a real Diane Keaton in the '80s situation. Like it's, I'm a heartbeat away from that. So I have to like wear really specific stuff.
1: Yeah, that's really. Where funny. how do
2: you buy your clothes then? If you're like, do you like have to? Yeah, I mean... Buy, like, it, multiples of the same thing or anything I can, like that? These
1: pants are, like, rag and bone. I can wear... I find a brand that fits me. And that's what you do, yeah. And then you get the biggest... Not the biggest, but maybe close to the biggest that they have, and certainly the longest that they have. Really? thirty. It's a 36 So you're, lane. like,
2: the edge of I, I'm normative just, store, regular store clothing.
1: And you want to gab like gals. If I gain too much weight, then I'm out. These pants uh, really? barely fit me. Wow. The pants that I'm wearing Wait, hardly. how tall are you? I'm 6'6"
2: oh wow wow yeah yeah no you're okay so we're having the exact same experience i'm also
1: a 13 like my shoes are 13 14 you can't get in a lot of stores more now right but when i was you know in high school 13 was as high. so
2: i I. want to wear men's shoes yeah but that's very hard they don't make them small small enough. enough size so i wear um women's shoes that are like the men's version of women's shoes
1: right can we
2: say butchie yeah, no, you can say Butch. Yeah. I was just
1: wondering. Yeah. This is a tip.
2: No, Butch is great. You know that's Rhea's last name is Butcher. Do you know that? Rhea's last not. name is Butcher. And it that's a great, that's one of her best, like not best, but she has a great joke where she's like, yeah, my name is, I can't, I'm not going to do her joke. That's awful. No, I'll do her joke. Do she's it. like, uh, yeah, my name is Rhea Butcher. And that's funny because it's true. I am butcher than you and I, I mean like everybody has funny name jokes but that's the best one
1: no not everybody has them
2: well like but you know where it's like i know what you're thinking like yeah yeah, so, yeah. but it's like so true you gotta that it's find not, a way to do it oh god you it's have good to. you know if what you, if, if your she last she name is didn't butcher didn't and then you, and you walk butch? out on stage and that's what's happening right you, have you better address that that's what's going or I'm on i'm
1: gonna be there is that is that a stage name yeah
2: no you can't believe it the whole but time but it's true that's yeah, really your last name
1: so I, you know, Kumail and Emily, who are friends of ours, uh, told me to have you on because you were almost in seminary, which yeah. that is something that's very, very, very interesting to me. And we always end the show, and this is just about right, cool. um, talking about it. So I want to know where you're at now, um, meaning, what what is it all about? You know what I mean? Why are we conscious? And then also, I'd like, I just, I'm very curious in that in that path for you that you were studying to be a, a, a priest or nothing i don't you know it's funny because i don't
2: know that there was an endpoint for me because i was i I studied um i studied theology with a faith peace and justice minor
1: oh my god i know triple minor yeah
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh
1: i'll just do faith and peace yeah
2: no justice justice. (laughs) work it out but i mean like i was very um (laughs) peace and justice my Minor, my parents. the biggest issues yeah. in the world
1: was yeah. your minor.
2: Exactly. Faith, 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 peace, and justice. And a law degree. Yeah, faith, <laughs> I got justice. it. It's fine. Uh, was my minor. And I, I mean, that's my, the stuff I was into, it's exactly the stuff we were talking about earlier, going to like third world countries or um, I went to daily mass. Mm. I was a, I was a Eucharistic minister and. A,
1: so you gave out communion. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Wow. I handed out communion and.
1: Did you believe in transubstantiation?
2: You know, I I felt like it was very special. I don't know that I yeah. thought that. I don't know that I was like, this is actually we could CSI, your re- belly and real. Be like, Here's yeah, Jesus's but I finger because also I've been backstage, which is not what that's called. Yeah, I've been to the like sacristy, is that what it's called? And I've seen you know that they come in like giant plastic bags.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have
2: you ever seen a host bag? No. Yeah, it comes in a and it's not even labeled. It's just a clear oh. plastic bag that like somebody that the priest goes like pop you yeah, know like a chip bag well, and then they fly out you know Dane so Cook
1: has that funny joke where he calls it a jeezit
2: yeah oh no uh... but i mean it's yes yeah, so that's real <laughs> i thought you went oh no i no, say that no that i've awful. been saying jeezit yeah. no <laughs> but yeah so that's that's all happening and i think it but I did feel like it was very special and I felt like Yeah, I understand. Singing, you know, was really important to me the, in church beautiful. and stuff like that. The
1: Catholic's I, fucking kill ritual.
2: Ritual is I think what really attracted me to it. And also yeah. the idea of like Well, I still think of myself as a preacher. I know this is That's
1: Who are you talking to? That's yeah. My mom wanted me to be a pastor. I became a comedian. She yeah. says close enough. That's yeah. that's a that's a joke I have.
2: But you and I are not in the majority and viewing it that way. I think oh, I most people, if you said that to them would sometimes when I explain it to people, they're like, Oh no, I totally get that. Yeah. But you have um, a captive
1: audience and you can yeah. kind of subtly influence them one way or yeah. another and they all leave with their fear of death dissipated.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's something about where it's just really talking to people about what's the most important thing to people. right?
1: And we don't have the burden of not swearing or not yes, being And also or, we don't, we
2: don't have to tell people that what they 've done is wrong, that 's right, we just have to connect with them where they are at. you and can I,
1: actually love them, I would argue potentially better. I know some wonderful pastors and stuff, but you potentially can love them better than a pastor f- who is dungeoned by the fact that he has to be like i don 't like what I you're feel doing. that
2: way completely yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that what happened was that it actually happened in terms of women first, you know I, I was in so I was I didn't know how is this going to express itself. I wasn't sure. You know, like I don't think I thought I would be a nun. I definitely thought maybe I would, you know, preach in some way, but I wasn't sure how that would exactly happen because you can't you can't be a Catholic you can't be yeah. a, a priest and be a woman. Yeah. And I remember going to a uh, talk that uh was happening where like a couple of students in my in my uh major in some of my classes were debating whether or not women could be priests. Mm. And that talk is where I was like this is this is I'm this it's not for me. This can't happen. Like I can't and I mean I finished like I Peace. yeah. I, I mean I wrote Faith and Justice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the headphones just fell off my ears because that was so good. But I I was watching these like this twenty-year-old guy, you know, just a twenty-year-old. Rail against you. Just say oh, against women. Yeah, just say this isn't a thing that can happen. Yeah. And I just was I was saying to myself i just remember like, like I, I literally can't believe this is what i'm i can't believe i even know this person
0: mm-hmm. oh and my that they god have,
2: and then i thought about all the the uh professors i had that were priests yeah that are in their you know 60s or 70s and i was thinking to myself those people yeah. they believe this same this thing saying? that this guy said and they've lived their lives yeah they've met people right they've gone and then they also, don't have
1: the excuse of being adolescent yes and mm-hmm.
2: i and i I had that experience where you know I, I spent a lot of time working with nuns, like nuns are, they they were they're surrounded they're in a leprosy is a, is a, it's a treated it's a treatable illness mm. if you just have medicine nobody should die from it anymore mm-hmm. but these nuns were around people who were dying from this because they live in a country where the they just couldn't get the medicine so I'm watching these women who are like hanging out with people whose actual noses are falling off you know like mm-hmm. and just going like so these women can't be priests right. like these women
1: they don't have anything to say they
2: have nothing to say right. yeah they should this is this is as good as they can do hmm. like they can't consecrate the host this is right. madness the
1: priest is giving yeah. an anecdote about a super bowl dip
2: right right I'm, no I mean I'm, I'm serious we went I went I went to where the priests lived that was nearby there yeah. they lived in a, they had their own property that was beachfront property
1: oh my gosh
2: I mean there are some priests that don't live like that I but understand. you don't yeah. have to take a vow of poverty to be a priest you can be a diocesan priest and most nuns are in orders where they do have to take a vow of poverty so there are priests that like I had a priest who was one of my professors he had an Audi and I was just going like this is nuts I can't yeah, believe it yeah, I don't want to have yeah, a baby yeah. stop telling me that I'm not Able to have condoms. To stop. Yeah. Netting. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, It was it was nuts. Right. Um, so uh, I moved away from it then. Yeah. And I wh- get it, man. I think I think that the treatment of women like gay people, that is awful. But 50 percent of people as of right now are not gay. Mm. And um, I can understand just not under- not getting it. If you don't live in a gay person's body, then you might think it's a choice. Mm hmm. But, um, 50% of the population that goes to, you know, these, these services, they have to hear that, right. that they're less than right. And people still go. It's mind blowing.
1: It is mind blowing. And so you didn't want it.
2: I didn't want it. So, uh, where am I now? I think, I mean, it was such a bad experience. I had an awful awful experience i trusted those people you know like Mm -hmm. a lot of those were those were people i really looked up to and that and then i don't know where i'm at right now i don't really have anything that i subscribe to i think we're all connected i believe that stand-up is important i mean i know that sounds so wild but when you you're in those rooms and you know that when you're in those rooms like something is happening oh yeah we're no, I wasn't. Sharing energy.
1: I wasn't fooling when I was saying, I, I think that's, I always say that's what makes a heckler so offensive is because they're preventing not just the performer, but they're preventing the unity of everything in the room to become something that we call a show. So yeah. that's what makes that so gross. But um, so it sounds to me like one of the purposes of life to you is to connect and to learn and to grow.
2: I absolutely think connecting with each other is like the whole thing, right? Right. I mean, because we all already are. I agree. We share share atoms. We affect each other. I'm really like energy sensitive. I know that's going to be such a, it's going to come off in a really new agey way, (laughs) way. but uh, I'm really like energy sensitive. I think, which is another reason that I love doing stand up the way that you and I do stand up, which is like, if if something is happening, I'm on it. And that's what I love to talk about. Like, I want to talk to that person and not to mess with them. I just want to be with them where they are.
1: TJ and I always talk about the goal when you're doing an hour is to riff for the first 15 minutes.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: that, I, That's a great way to start.
2: Well, I have I have a, that that show that I do at, UC, at UCB, which is a podcast. Like, I always start with 10 minutes of just Talking rift material. right? And it's funny because people will come see a show when I'm on the road and they'll be like, oh, I didn't know you had material. Ah, that's I'm funny. Like, no, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's,
0: that's just something you, know, you do. That's
2: like, but, I, but I love it. And so I do think, yes, connection. And I think that's what makes our job so important and why I love our job. And other people do that in other ways, but I'm so glad this is the way I get to do that.
1: Yeah. Do you believe, not in uh, necessarily a... I don't need you to believe in anything, obviously, but do you believe that there is a transcendent consciousness that controls the world? I don't. Not necessarily makes a, a child live or die or whatever, but do you think there's a... Uh, do you think this whole thing has lungs?
2: I mean, that's that's what's wild, is that I... I mean, maybe we're all one organism. Maybe I believe that. Sure. Like, that we all... Because, I mean, we're recycled. Mm -hmm. Our, our cells are recycled and our energy is recycled. I guess that's what I'm saying in terms of like something's energetically happening. I feel really pulled by that, Mm -hmm. you know, so maybe that's just all of us being part of one thing.
1: Well, why do we not just stand up, but concerts and stuff, huge mass appeal things all together. Right. Even the thing that we don't understand, sports.
2: Or even when you, like, look at somebody and they know you're looking at them. Like, right. the, there's something happening there with that. <laughs> Maybe it's like the end of Men in Black where it zooms out and then the one in alien the is... Whole, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I think about that all the time.
2: Do you? I jumped right
1: me. in. We're in the marble? Yeah, we're yeah, in the marble. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, I, I do want to pull out and I do... <laughs> I do want to see where we are. You know what I mean? And that that does concern me. I guess... So let's say that when we die, certainly our molecules in our bodies uh, become other things. Do you think our consciousness ends upon dying?
2: See, that's what I'm having a tough time with since going through that, like, big crisis of faith is that I really do think organically we're – it's all happening all the time. We're recycling. We're connecting. But I don't know that I think inorganically, like, our, our consciousness, I don't know that I think that goes anywhere. Yeah. Which is a really it, – it's a really sad thing, I think, to me because I love life and I love – right. The things that I've learned Um, and I kind of wish that it did, but I don't know that I think it does. I think,
1: you know, my thoughts right now hearing you say that, I think your lessons and stuff might not intellectually survive. But if there is such a thing as a soul and if that soul does get recycled or go somewhere else, I think you hold on. I think the whole thing of old souls and young souls, something that we throw around pretty casually – is I think there's some validity to that. You're like, "Oh, this one's an old soul. This one is 10 years older than me, but really needs to learn something from me, something deeper than me explaining the plot of Josh So
2: like the idea that while our bodies are being recycled, do you think that our our lessons and our minds and our I think souls maybe can be recycled?
1: Something smaller than your full picture. Yeah. Just the the battery behind it all. And we'll call it a soul. That twelve grand. God,
2: thing. I hope that's true. That's I beautiful. So.
1: But you might not know that. Right? That can also be but a type that's, of. But that's nightmare okay. I mean, how no, many times yeah. You go around right? Just exactly. I think you might go around and around until you figure out what you need to figure out. Which well, is well. Then
2: what do you think happens after that?
1: Well, then something that you can't understand. I've, I think I've said this before. If we do go to some sort of place where your connection to. The creator is more intense and it's just seeing, smelling, t- tasting, and touching. I'm gonna to be like, fuck this. It better be inexplicable. You know what I mean? It can't just be like I saw a new color and a shade of blue that never existed on earth.
2: I just saw the movie. Get out of here. I just saw the movie, that, <laughs> saw the, movie the Lovely Bones on a plane or uh-huh. something like that. And that is one of those things where like heaven is very much like it's this but a field. Like right, it's right, like right. very right. hilariously. Right. Uh,
1: or like What Dreams May Come. Yes, It's like exactly. you're inside a painting. Yeah. A painting. I've taken mushrooms. <laughs> I've already done that. I've done that. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I, I, think, I think that I – would like to think that there's something else that is inexplicable. And that's what every mystical tradition has ever always pointed yes. us to, which is he who says he knows doesn't know, and he who says he doesn't know knows. And the modern interpretation of that, which comes to this podcast all the time, is we're dogs trying to understand the Internet. You know what I mean?
2: And I, I think that I would love to believe that. I hope that someday I do believe that again. Yeah. I mean, like, I hope that someday I do believe um, that there is somewhere that we go that... that is beyond this. Yeah, I, I like watched somebody. This is going to be a real heavy thing to say right at the end, but like I, I not Craziest too long part ago. Though, I
1: don't even know if we'll know we're there. Yeah, keep, keep
2: going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not too long ago. I had a. I watched somebody. I watched my grandmother. I like watched her leave this world, and mm. I, I had never seen that before. I don't know if you've ever no been there, um, but she she died over like a period of forty eight hours and we like were there watching her body give give it the systems leave because yeah. like you you actually fight I didn't know that you fight hmm. like she I was trying know. to get out of bed really yeah and was, she was she died um uh 2 days before her 100th birthday so i mean the fact that she was it wasn't like she was trying to get out of bed because she was like a spry young chick the doctors told us like your your body fights because it wants to be here because it was Disturbing to see this because we were like, "Oh, are we supposed to be doing something?" Right for her, like, is this? Are we because we're we're letting her go? Right, is that the right thing to be doing? Because she's responding in this way, and um they were like, "No, that's what happens. You you try to you try to keep going, and you try to fight." And I was like, trying to just comprehend all that, and then wonder why, like, why in even in that moment, because she was ready to go. She was, I mean, she lived a hundred years, and she said that she was ready to go mm-hmm. to us. Like she, she was just like, "It's rough at this point. I really just need to like get peace, be done. Yeah. Everybody I know is is dead." Right? She would say that, and she, and so.
0: And you're like, um, "Grandma, I'm ready."
2: Yeah, r- right this here. is pretty
1: <laughs> I know we don't play <laughs> Can- canasta as much as we <laughs> would like.
2: Yeah, it was pretty wild. She was pretty frank at the end. Well, like what? Just like saying things. Oh, you know, stuff like, like Just that. saying like like uh, she would forget. She would forget um, which of her family members were... And we had a really close relationship, so she loved us, and she could recognize all of us, you know, all the way up until the end, but she would forget who wasn't alive. So, like, she would be like, where's Millie, which Mm -hmm. is her sister. Mm -hmm. Her sister died when she was 30. Mm -hmm. So we would be like, she's not around, and then she'd be like, oh, when did she die? And we'd have to be like 70 years ago. (laughs) And then she would forget, and then ask us again. I mean, like, can you imagine if somebody... Right. Can you imagine that conversation? Because yeah. that was happening for her in that moment. Right. Like you were saying about the dog with the fart. Like in that moment, she was going, wait, seven, zero, 70, yeah. 70. Yeah, yeah, 70.
1: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is why we love stories where she goes like, I just talked to her. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff you're like, like that. Oh, and my you're God.
0: Like, God. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Millie's waiting right, for her. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> Believe me, I understand the tourism side of it and the optimism side of it. But the thing that I always come back to is I'm like, it just, this, this just makes me think of that and that could just be my limited human thinking. But because there's a this, it makes me believe in a that. You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. There's got to be a counterpoint.
1: It just, it just makes, it just makes more sense. Or, Lights out, and then who cares? I mean, I understand what you're saying, too. It
2: doesn't make sense that something would come from nothing because everything we know comes from something.
1: And that's just how our brains work, and that's why we're here, and that's why we built microphones and podcasts and stand-up and seats and <laughs>
0: talk yes. about
1: I understand that, and that's that's served us well in terms of the gordita, <laughs> you know, but, like, it's flawed. But, I mean, like, I am stuck into an understanding of uh, realms of being and non-being and infinity and, fi- and finite things and all that sort of stuff, but I'm just trapped, so... At the end of the day, I always like to travel into a place that is, uh, transrational. It doesn't make any sense. It, there is, and that's what we call faith. And I always hated people leaning on faith and saying like, but now I think it's gorgeous. I'm like, this is what art is. And this is what good stand-up points to. And this is what good paintings and dance. Why are you so stirred by children singing? You know what I mean? Something's happening that you can't measure or quantify or write down or reproduce in a lab. So it'll I, never satisfy anybody.
2: <laughs> I guess I, I guess I hope that, like I, like I Except said, I me. just, I really hope that that, that I get back to that place because I, I have had faith and I have experienced what you're talking about, and now I feel like when I think about it, I just don't, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in like a, I just stop myself, I just go, and then, and then I don't know, and I, and I, it just ends. There's not like a counterpoint. Yeah. Right now for me.
1: You know what? I how old are you? I'm 32. Okay, <laughs> you seem so way younger. I, I'm not just saying that. I'm it's adorably, like, it's like you're I'm adorable. I'm adorably lesbian. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
2: look 15 forever. <laughs> I'm serious. You're one it of matters.
1: those adorably lesbian women. Yeah. Uh, something that made a big difference for me was um, Joseph Campbell, which he did the series for PBS called "The Power of Myth," which talks about how. Basically, in a nutshell, it's that every story is the same story. He wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. But they're all pointing to some sort of idea that there is an energy or consciousness that we can't understand. Right. And the best we can do is, in your tradition, light some candles and do some confessing or whatever the fuck it is that makes you feel closer to the resonating transcendence, the hum inside of your belly. And once you start talking about it that way… You can start getting get back some of the baby. I mean,
2: I get that, and lose I really the hope. Water. Yeah, I really hope that I. I'll send. It I mean, to you. even in the thank you, I would love to. Even even in the time that I was studying theology, I was actually studying comparative theology. Yeah. So I was reading uh, books from across different traditions, and that is exactly what I found was that it's beautiful poetry about life. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't. Believe that anything in the Bible was even meant to be taken literally. Yeah. And it's like silly that that that's what we do. That stuff
1: showed up so much later. The historical burden, the burden of being true was there a historical Jesus? Right. Show me the historical document that a man in Nazareth was born to a Joseph and a Mary, all that sort of stuff. Yes. That is just such a different way of looking at it when we had such a deeper appreciation for myth. Most of known time,
2: and it has no bearing on the message.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Zero, zero bearing on the message. But the
1: thing that he really blew my dick off with is that every, all of those stories are are, are the story of you. It's like the virgin birth. You need to be reborn, losing your your, your uh, animalistic tendencies and waking to your spiritual self, and then you need to die to yourself, like Christ dying and coming back, is in his opinion a myth about dying to your old self and coming back. As, and waking up to your own divinity, meaning your own connection to infinity, and that's what the end of time is. Do you it's practice
2: not... anything right now? What do you mean? Do you like go to to a particular place and no. connect with anybody?
1: I just watch DVDs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just my I, Netflix queue knows, knows I have so a religious much. crisis. I'm
1: I'm going to send it to you yeah. today. It'll Amazon be Amazon one click. It's coming your way. Awesome. And anybody that's interested in that sort of stuff, I rip off Joseph Campbell so much, and it's, it's just an interview with stuff it's, – it's a pleasure to watch is what it is. You'll love it.
2: Yeah, I'm getting, like, goosebumps in the way you're describing it. So I, I hope that – I mean, I hope that as I keep going, I, I keep getting some different answers and some different viewpoints. That's what it's all about. Of course.
1: <laughs> of course, my friend. Of course. Well, great. Do you feel satisfied?
2: I feel I feel like that was very intense at the end. I feel like I'm going to have to go, like, walk it off for a little while. Do you feel okay? I feel, like, emotionally different. No, Seriously, not. I'm not kidding.
1: Oh, I do, too. I yeah. feel real good. We had a real good sleepover.
2: Yeah, we had the best sleepover. <laughs> Thank God you slept in this bed with me. That's what I'm saying. That's I exactly the I was the, the same way.
1: kid. I didn't want my friends yeah. to leave.
2: No, stay, stay we close. Stay. We
1: stay. Yeah. We stay. I'm still that way. Uh no, I understand. After the mics are off, I'll I'll email. I've I've mailed that box set. It's two. It's just two DVDs. It's six hours, and it's. Uh, I've mailed it to. Is it everybody I know? It's almost, <laughs> it's almost everybody I know. What do they say? A lot of them I think don't watch it. Okay. To be honest, I I'll sometimes follow up, and they didn't say it, they didn't want it, mm-hmm. or whatever. Especially if I mail a book, like I mean, forget it. Yeah, for, <laughs> forget it. I mean, like there's also the book, The Power of Myth. But start with the DVD. But the book is the longer version of it.
2: And you know, I feel like I've been spending the time since I had that huge crisis of face. Of face. <laughs> uh, no, my face is perfect. Uh, no, since just um, no, since I had that crisis of faith, I feel like I've spent it like. Fighting. I feel like I've spent a fighting uh, to be heard for, for the things that I found in my faith and then also in the world at large. I mean, things just happened so fast and they just continue to be happening. Yeah. I don't mean to say, like, I don't have time to think about these things, but what I mean is, like, uh, to realize that you're a woman in a place where it's unsafe to be a woman. I really do think it's unsafe to be a woman in the Catholic Church. Hmm. And then to realize that you're a gay person in the place where it's unsafe to be a gay person. And then to live in a city where you feel like you have to justify that and then move mm-hmm. to another city. And just just the constant movement of just like fighting for survival has felt right. very present. And so I would love to get back into some of these questions because well, I I feel like I haven't... I haven't been able to do it.
1: Well, there's something called the uh, consciousness uh, spectrum, I think. I'm blowing that. But anyway... The first or second level of consciousness, I think it's the first one, it's a color code, is basic survival. It's like that's when we were cavemen and that's, and that's when you look at like post-apocalyptic stuff. It's just like I just need to eat. I just need to get water. We like those stories. But you know what those people aren't doing is really spending that much time because they don't have the energy to start thinking about the other things. I'm not saying you can't be all the different colors at the same time, but you had whatever – let's call it Let's call it blue. You had some blue going on yeah. because you inherited it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, maybe now that things are settling.
2: I hope so. I mean, I think that this is a huge... I'm also having, like, a huge shift right now, just kind of personally and professionally where things are going a little bit better and I'm starting to, like, have a name and I can, you know, make a better living and be more stable.
1: You're really reminding me of when I was married, I really just checked the box in a different way where I was just like, I love Jesus and uh, you believe in him, you go to heaven. Uh, Let's stop thinking about that because I need every ounce of my strength for this war that I'm fighting to become a comedian.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. No, I mean, that's real. And also, you know, I mean... There are some people that can do it in a relaxed way. For you know, they can come up as comics over like a period of ten years, and you know, just really be calm about it. Yeah, I think we even know some of those people. <laughs> but then there's people that have to like yeah. fucking bang down doors, right, and I right, feel right. like I've had to bang down some serious doors. It just right. personally, that's my personality. So I understand. I'm working. Th- I'm working on relaxing more.
1: And you know, I can't offer you any comfort. I that you don't already know. Meaning, I think that that comes. When things come. We don't have to uh hitch our feelings of self worth, it doesn't sound like you're doing that, or feeling of accomplishment to take me having a talk show is cancelled. I I don't feel any less calm than I did when I had the show. Yeah. But things that build up you know what I mean? You're putting out an album. Yeah. You do a you do a special the, these sorts of things start to come together and you start really believing what you've been whispering to yourself all this time, which is you are my son with whom I am. Well, please, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> which
2: is
1: I love you and you're funny. I love you and you're funny. You're good. You're good. You're, right. You, you're, you deserve to do this. Well, that
2: you weave like a, a thick a uh, that that the tapestry becomes like tight enough that you can't fall back through it. Like That's I think right. I think the more you like are just I know that it's never going to happen overnight, and I yeah. feel like I I like have learned that more and more again, but I think realizing that it's just going to happen in this way where like you back yourself up so that yep. you can't, even if you fail at one particular thing, you
1: become undeniable. Yeah. yeah. I love that netting though. It's, it's enough of a hammock to hold you and you spend so much of your time your first five years of stand-up are lying in a hammock, and it's one string. Exactly. And you're like, "Boy, am I comfortable?" Yes. Bring me my country time, and you're on one fucking yeah. tightrope, and you're just pretending like you're comfortable. Absolutely. But that'll that that already is coming for you, so I'm glad.
2: Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Thanks. This was a great conversation, and uh
1: here, right? You'll write down. Let's have more here.
2: as pals in future.
1: Yeah, let's do it. In future. I'd love to double date.
2: Cool. I would love to double date, too. I
1: just want to talk to your girlfriend about boots.
2: You're going to have the best time with her. <laughs> Wait, what am I writing down? My your, actual your address, physical yeah. address?
1: Yeah, where you get mail. Okay. I'm going to mail it to you.
2: Um.
1: But you have to, to properly end the show, you have to uh, say, keep it crispy.
2: Okay, I'm going to keep it crispy right in one second. Ready? I'm getting my voice ready. <clears throat> clearing the uh, yeah. sinuses. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, hey Pete Holmes. Yeah. Keep it crispy. <laughs>
1: I've never had anyone invoke me Especially at the beginning. Personally addressing it? <laughs> yeah. Is that it?
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: coming your way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
2: Now leaving Nerdist.com.